You have tuned in to Scars and Guitars. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. Welcome to the show. Kimo Kusnimi. He's the interview subject and he's the fellow at the centre of long-running Finnish outfit Sarcophagus. Now, Sarcophagus are one of the first and most identifiable metal outfits to emerge from Scandinavia. So just think about that for a moment. Scandinavia has given us At The Gates, Opeth, Nightwish, Candlemas, Malmsteen Satyricon Mayhem Emperor Need I continue? Oops, shit. How could I forget? Sorry, my sugar. Okay, the catalyst for the conversation with Kimo is the news that Sarcophagus are calling it quits. Kimo talks about this throughout the episode, but before we get to the chat, I thought it would be a nice idea to honour his legacy, so let's take a ride down memory lane. Career Milestones Sarcophagus was the first ever Finnish heavy metal band, and they were also the first to sing in Finnish. They were the first Scandinavian band to release a broadcast quality full-length VHS and the first Finnish metal band to have their very own iPhone app. Kimo's achievements include hundreds of films, television commercials and music videos such as this one here that he did for Polish outfit Vader. Along the way, he's filmed many paparazzi-worthy superstars as well. Okay, what follows is by no means a complete snapshot of Kimo's discography, but it is pretty bloody close. In 1979, Sarcophagus released a split single, Go to Hell and All Those Lies. In 1980, it was a very busy year. Two albums under the Sarcophagus banner, Cycle of Life and Envoy of Death. Envoy of Death was accompanied by two videos, the first of which is Deadly Game, The second, Insane Rebels. There was a band name change in 1982. The Kimo Kusnimi band released Motorbirds, which was accompanied by a full album length video. Kimo may not have been aware that a group existed in Canada already called Exciter. Either way, he released a single under that band name called Automania. In 1991, Double Vision was assembled and released a single called Dream On. 
Fast forward many years to 2007, Sarcophagus Limited released Core Values, which Kimo considers the band's principal work. Core Values was accompanied by video Collateral Damage. In 2008, he released the Promised Land of Heavy Metal International TV documentary. In 2009, an anthology, 1979 to 1982, honouring Sarcophagus. In 2016, the final album from Sarcophagus was released, Back from the Valley of the Kings, which was accompanied by two videos, the first of which is Tallow. Second, it's called Astral Flyer. Look, there's been a bunch of re-releases along the way too, so if you want the complete picture, go to sarcophagus.com. Now, as a tribute to the fans, Kimo has pressed a bunch of t-shirts and a poster. You can purchase them from the website as well. Something else... This is the second time that I've had a chat to Kimo for the show. I interviewed him a few months back about two rock tour videos that he put together for Corpiclani. So check that episode out if you enjoy this conversation. As I said up top, the catalyst for this chat with Kimo is the news that Sarcophagus is calling it quits. So here he is, Mr. Kimo Kusnimi. I can see you. Yeah, I can see you. Yeah. And, uh... You're in frame with your uh, videos in the back there, or DVDs, I should say, and your uh, Parker. No, they're Donald, they're Donald Duck books. Donald Duck books. My daughters would love them. What does that say, sorry? Is that is that's obviously finished? It says, uh, uh, oh, my God, it's kind of like when you're a teenager and you have to kind of be against everything. Oh, oh a rebel, like a rebel. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. And, uh, yeah, no, I used to collect them. I stopped some time ago, but the earliest ones are from 76. So, wow. yeah. in Finland, they are released once a month. It and, potentially uh, quite a bit then. It's an interesting story because... Uh, the kind of like the, uh, the there was a Danish uh, company that bought a publishing company that bought the rights from Disney to Donald Duck so that they can do their own Donald Duck in Europe. Okay. So all these stories are made in Europe, like Italy, uh, Germany, there's Finnish guys who have been making them. So, so it's totally different Donald Duck from the one that you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, my kids, uh, the kids these days don't tend to get into a lot of those Disney characters that you and I grew up with. Yeah. You know, Mickey, Donald, Goofy, I think was another one. They get into yeah. Pokemon. That's what it looked like to me. That's because the kids are right into Pokemon. So it looked yeah. the color scheme with all the yellows yeah. in there, I thought for sure. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Similar, but, uh, but it is still, it, it's the most read weekly magazine in Finland, the Donald Duck. So it has. Yeah. It's like my brother, who is uh, nine, nine years older than me, 
and uh, he's a lawyer, or was he's retired, but he still reads. He, he gets the Donald Duck he's, for himself. So yeah. that's the kind of they are they are very clever stories because they are kind of like a lot of them are more aimed for adults. So oh really? They okay. kind of read the yeah. whole whole spectrum and the new ones and that's why I've been really buying that they have been kind of the because of the political correctness and everything uh. they have been kind of like watered down but there's like like I think from 80s there was a story where Uncle Scrooge was <laughs> smuggling opium and uh, so he was a drug smuggler and uh, <laughs> he drugged his partner and uh, they had kind of like spiked these oranges mm. and he was lucky that his partner had spiked his orange too, but it was smaller. So he woke up before. <laughs> so yeah. these type of stories that you couldn't, couldn't have anymore. So, no, yeah. yeah I, well, look, yeah. I mean, look, the political correctness thing, we touched on that last time, I think. But, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, with the way it's linked up with, with COVID and the lockdowns, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just I just spoke to uh, Simone Simon from Epica before you, and and I mentioned yeah. that because I mean that that band is is truly feeling it. They they, yeah. they have to be out there. Their crew, you know, they've got a whole ecosystem around them. They're a big band, as you know, yeah. and uh, yeah. Yeah. you can't tour, you can't do anything. So this whole industry, the yeah. entertainment industry, the live music industry, is just grinding to a halt. But they've got we've got rapid testing units. We actually mm. have them, but and yeah. they're not they're not. They're saying no. We've got to do the lockdowns, and you can't go out and restaurants. Get, but in California, and I'll ask you about London in the sec. But I know in California it's diabolical. So is it is it like that in London as well? Well, I'm of course in the South Coast, so I'm not in London. But we oh, okay. all are yep. in. We have the highest. We have tiers. And there's one, two, three, four, and we are the highest one, hmm. and uh, which means that all the shops and pubs and everything is closed except for the essential shops, like, like you know, supermarkets and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's a talk that we are going to, like, kind of like a complete lockdown, because it's just kind of like escalating. And, and because there's this new, new variation of it, which is very easy to get. So I think like London is basically the hospitals are on the kind of brink of collapsing from the amount of people. So, so they right? have to kind of just try to stop it and and it's part of it is that people just are stupid that if they would not and it's really unfortunately young people who kind of don't care so they have parties and things and 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 it's just kind of like if we would all just kind of keep our distance like the Finns do yeah (laughs) there's a natural distance (laughs) you have Mm. to be at least four meters away from the (laughs) next yeah there's a joke about it I I don't know if I told the joke about it that the Finns were relieved that the two meter rule has been has been kind of stopped, and now they can go back to four meter. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. If you That's hilarious. Like a, if you yeah. check out like a Finnish bus stop, the people are kind of spread normally, like you know, they are not close to each other. So, <laughs> but I, I've got to tell you, you notice that when you go to cities uh, like Sydney. And people are so close to you. There's no personal space. Yeah. Like these big global cities like London and Sydney, people just don't care. 
So no. they they just they're all about themselves. I'm not saying everybody, but there's that cohort. You know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, there's a yeah, cohort yeah. of people that are all about themselves. And uh, I think mm-hmm. Sydney, the premier of New South Wales, has done a great job in, in keeping things at bay down there because it's a very multicultural city, Sydney, like London is. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. a lot of a lot of people don't listen. If you you understand, like they don't yeah. have the ideals of the country in mind. Like they care about their community, but they couldn't give a shit about a lot of other people. And uh, unfortunately, yeah. that's that's the case. That's what a lot of the, the breakouts in Melbourne were about. Um, yeah, yeah. But we, we've been fortunate, I suppose, a bit like Finland in that uh, we're pretty far away from everybody and uh, we can mm-hmm. lock down our borders overnight, which I think we did. Um, yeah. And we haven't had t- too much. But, I mean, look, I haven't had a gig in... Uh, I think I mentioned last time I was a musician. I haven't had a gig since yeah. February. Yeah. It's yeah. the longest in my life I've gone without playing. Yeah, no, it is, and and of course it's not going away. It's like the whole business will change. It's just like I think that this is kind of like in a way new norm. I'm not saying this what we are now living, but that we cannot have that type of gigantic kind of like kicks mm. uh, and things. And and I think that we are kind of going into more of some kind of something different. Yeah, I asked Simone about that, and we, we just don't know. I mean, that, 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 yeah. she was saying that Epica, their next tour is booked for the for January two thousand and twenty-two, so not even this year. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I didn't. That's quite I wasn't, because... Yeah, well, they're not yeah. going to lose a lot of money on 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 reserving uh, theaters and arenas because they're at that level. But um, she also told me, which I, I didn't know, but Varkin is still scheduled to go ahead. I just don't see how it can because Germany is under lockdowns as well. Yeah, I think that, I don't know. I think part of it probably is that because they they all, the big festivals, gave the option of, of moving your ticket to next year. If they would move it like, you know, two years ahead, then people would want their money back. So I don't know. Could mm. be one reason that they just have to kind of like pretend that it's happening. But of course... It's highly unlikely that that any of the big festivals happens this year. So, no, yeah. it's. Uh, I think I think we're gonna we're gonna. It remains to be seen what happens, but what I feel may happen is that, like, whole segments of the industry are just going to disappear now. And and I think if the, yeah. if there is one that is going to disappear, it will be the huge festivals, which which I know yes. will affect Europe because it doesn't affect us here. We've only got one, which is Download, which is yeah. the same as the one yeah. in the UK, but. For that to disappear and the flow and effect, and I actually listened to our conversation last, the last one in, in preparation mm. for this one here, and we talked about how festivals rely on Slayer and Judas Priest and Iron yeah. Maiden and Metallica. Yeah. I, I don't know whether, I think you'll see a changing of the guard through this process. So there is going to be a yin and a yang. And I don't know whether you remember last time I spoke mm. about how, um, I don't, my own feelings are that, you remember when I was, I was a kid and when I was growing up, that was when Megadeth were new, you know, it was the early 90s mm. and Faith No More. So that was the bands of my era. But I see kids wearing those same T-shirts and they're, they're 14. Mm. So the same age I was when I go into it, but that was 30 years ago for me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and they're still the same bands. Yeah, it's, there's just yeah, been no it's even, But it's even with the, with the, just like, you know, the kind of rock music and, and, and the kind of like, like what you have called hard rock or whatever from 70s and, Mm. You hear them all the time for the radio. It's just like like it sometimes feels that there surely there is something new to play, or like Bruce Springsteen. That you open the radio, oh, it's Bruce oh, Springsteen. Yeah, 
and it's just kind of like there are other things, but but it is yeah. I, I don't I don't know. Maybe this will because everything always have good and bad side. So maybe good side is that this might give more space for the smaller fans mm. because if you have smaller gigs, that's easier to organize. So it might be that it's not that bad that people are focusing into some like Wacken and, and to see Metallica the 150th time. Yeah, maybe it's better that they try to find somebody else to kind of look at, and maybe some 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 of those bands will kind of retire finally. But oh, I hope they do, mate. You know, I I, I yeah. truly hope they do. They I don't I, need to do it anymore. So I think Slayer, Kerry King, I've got to hand it to him. I don't like his hmm. his his the much prefer Jeff Hanneman's songs in Slayer. But mm. Kerry King, I've got to hand it to him. He knew when the time was done. He knew that they had yeah. maybe an album or two in them after uh, Jeff had left. Yeah. And then that yeah. was it. And I've got to say, I, I admire that a lot because he could go and still make a mozza in a version of the band, mm. which would just be a shadow of its former self. But to your exact point, people would see them for the 150th time. But I, I, yeah. I, I, you, probably, you might remember, I, I don't like Metallica that much these days. I wish they yeah, yeah, I remember we talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> that I mean, was my just, 30th secret also. <laughs> well, I just, I, I just hope this is a. They won't go away because they're the biggest band. We in the just world. hope that Metallica is not listening to this. They might otherwise come and beat us up. Oh. Everybody <laughs> has to like them. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, look, Lars is a, uh, he's a character to say the least, isn't he? I, I, I will say one thing yeah. now though: if James Hetfield ever listens to this, I hmm. would love to write his ghost, write his autobiography because I've become a writer since. I think last time I spoke. All right. To him, okay. Cool. So instead of going into news media, which is just so far left these days, you you have to, in mm. my view, you have to lie, and I'm not yeah. going to lie, and and you have to, yeah. like, the news angle always has to be this sort of this lefty thing, which is just bullshit, and mm. you know you should have a combination of views. That's that's just how it should be. How it always wouldn't say it always used to be, but I'd like to see it go that way. But I'm not becoming part of a machine, part of a mechanism that I think is there to fool people and treat people like imbeciles. I have had to alter, like we probably talked about, what I do quite drastically because hmm. I was kind of like prepared for to do kind of like live, like like kind of like uh, live gig, multi-camera things with a little bit different type of twist, so that they would be more affordable than the big hall things. And and of course, <laughs> that whole thing went out of the window. So yeah, yeah. But then again, the cool thing was that 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 I've been then working full-time on this new music video project. And it has actually kind of, I've also met a lot of people that are great to work with. And and, and so, yeah, so it is kind of like, yeah, one door closes, maybe another one opens. So, and that's mm. how we have to see this. We cannot really just like lie down and, and wait to die because of COVID that we have to actually start to innovate and think new ways of doing things and 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 i think that's the that it, it, this is not going to kill the music and and film business it's just going to change it and change, change is something it, yeah. that happens all the time so it's you know i think that's how you're gonna have to see that 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 it's not a stopper it's just mm. a changer it is and and i think that that dovetails nicely into the, to the reason we can have a chat at the moment actually is because uh one of the things you mentioned right at the end of our, our last conversation was that um, you were the fella who started one of, it's not just Scandinavia's, but one of Europe's first genuinely ident identifiable heavy metal outfits in Sarcophagus. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah. 
I don't think it's unfair. I think it's fair to say that because I had a listen. Uh, I got Spotify, so I was able. You, 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 your music isn't on Apple or, or iMusic or whatever it's called Australia, but it is on Spotify. So oh, all right, yeah, yeah. It, yeah I think is, it's kind of, yeah. yeah. Apple's funny the way that they do things. I said I, I use um, iTunes. Um, I think that's what Apple Music is. What it's called? Sorry, Apple Music. I, yeah. I do use it, but. Like, yeah, uh, that's my main. I use Apple Music. Just, yeah, yeah, but we don't get a lot down here. I don't know whether it's a territory thing. Like, for example, speaking to Scott Ian from Anthrax, uh, mm. there's a lot, of, quite a few of their albums aren't on there, uh, including yeah. Stone Too, which is my favourite of theirs. So I'd like to listen to that occasionally, but I've got to go to, I don't even know if it's on Spotify, to be honest, but just, you know, I had to bounce the CD, had to find the CD in a storage room somewhere that I had because I bought it back in the day and bounce yeah. it onto iTunes to listen to it but either way sarcophagus yeah. isn't there but it's on spot it's on Spotify and it's, it looks like it's all there too so there's a great selection of um, material uh, on there but you've decided that that's enough you want to put yeah the because, of course, because I think the, the one of these traps that you can fall into with this old band is that, that like sarcophagus is like a cult band it's yeah. not like a any kind of mainstream or, you know, that it's just a cult band that people know. And with the cult bands, the problem is that, that, that the kind of like the fans, it's like the, the kind of like the first, first three albums are the ones that they love. <laughs> and whatever you do after that, it's, it's not, they, they, just, they just want you to repeat. But of course, <laughs> <laughs> would you repeat what you've already done so so it's kind of like then you fall into that trap that then you kind of in a bizarre way you even if you don't think like that but you kind of like try to please the people hmm. and then you might get stuck with stuff where you should be actually doing something totally different and i think that that because sarcophagus are buried in 1981 or 1982 Mm-hmm. after the th- three albums that came out in, in basically two years' time, all the three albums. And then there was the fourth one that was released later, but but not at that time, the first one. And uh, and back then it was just kind of like, I, I just realized that, that okay, the Motorverse, the Motor, you know, the last album, I had like a session band in it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that was also quite radical because of course at that time metal bands and bands in general had to be real. They had to be living their life. If if you like we went to kicks and and we went like without our leather jackets and everything and and we had to start to wear what we wear on the stage from the from the kind of like when we left home, because otherwise we were fakes. And that was kind of bizarre because it, it, it of course, it's a soul. It, it's not. It doesn't mean that you, you are like you are on the stage. So, yeah. So basically, that that kind of like the multiverse because it was a session album because I I wanted to have the best musicians I could to make the best possible album I can at that time, and mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. of course I achieved it. But that band wasn't really meant to be kicking or anything. So unless there would be something big happening but I was kind of like so much ahead of time that, that there was nobody to take a band 
like like sarcophagus, like a, like a kind of like a metal band out mm. of Finland. There had been some progressive bands that had been even like you know in seventies. There's a Tasavallan president and Vikram. These are great bands, and our keyboard player has played in both of them, <laughs> and and they actually have been outside Finland, but it just didn't work. So it, it, they didn't get anywhere, but they actually were in. I think they were months in London waiting for things to happen, and nothing really happened, and and so it kind of faded away. But but bizarrely, like when I had just finished the Motorbirds video, uh, I met a guy at the Hannuström, I think his name was. He, at, at the same, uh, it was like a, kind of like a cable TV studio, and uh, mm-hmm. he had just made a couple of videos for Hanoi Rocks, okay. and uh, and then there was the. Westerinen, who was a manager, and he was the first one who actually had the kind of ability to take a band and make it some, to something, and that's what happened to Hanoi Rock. So, so it kind of like he was the first one, and that was just when I ended, when I decided that this is I retire and mm-hmm. start to make films, and uh, and so after the, Hanoi Rocks was like, but then it took still time before Finnish bands could actually, especially metal bands, could actually kind of get out. And I think yeah. it was like 1988, Stone was the one that really changed the Finnish metal scene, that suddenly it was seen as that, because before that, also the Finnish audiences were thinking that that metal is kind of like, it has to be American or English band, mm. that Finnish bands cannot really play which was, of course, very stupid way of seeing it, but but how you cannot do anything with that. And and I know that there's a band called Tarot, which you might know. Yeah, I have you heard they, them, yeah. Yeah, they have done quite well. And, uh, and yeah, the, the uh, bass player is in Nightwish. What's his name? Ah, oh, Marco. Oh, yeah, the singer. Yeah, you can sing. You can sing really well as well. Yes, know? he's a very good singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a lovely guy also. And... Uh, and and they had exactly the same problem. And they, I think their album, first album, came out 84, 85, because I actually used it in my first TV series, their music, because I thought that it's cool and I wanted to help them to get them on the TV. Mm. And uh, But they, I remember they had interviews where they were talking about the same problem, that they are not taken seriously because it's a Finnish band. And they were a great band. They played well. There was nothing wrong with them. So it was just the audience was wrong. <laughs> mm, yeah. So, so yeah. So so it was kind of. So I I was quite proud of the thing that I was able to, as whatever I was twenty three, twenty four, that I was able to decide that my life passion that 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 I had to put it away. That that I could just make another album, and another album. But that would be just kind of like. It, at that point, it looked like you would be just repeating what you already done. Yeah, yeah. So then I wanted to do something else, and and of course, filmmaking has been my life. So, so yeah, filmmaking. Right yeah. So effectively, the the um, your life's work is is your filmmaking, which is what you're well known for. But this yes. has been sarcophagus has has been like a passion project. You know, you got in on the ground floor. Yeah. You're the first Finnish metal band. 
and mm. it was first Scandinavian metal band. And uh, mm. just with the perception of things there, you know, people weren't necessarily supporting you in the way that they were supporting some probably some pretty ordinary British and uh, American bands. Um, yeah. And uh, it sort of marginalised the band a little bit, but you kept on going and, and you've, got a, you've got a decent body of work there now and you've got fans all over the world. Yes, and, and it was also the, the beginning was quite bizarre because uh, I, I, I think I always had had this because of, well, I've done a lot of TV commercial advertisement, hmm. but I have this kind of marketing head. So that's why we kind of like we, we took the photos in graveyards and we were having makeup and, and, and we had the kind of looks of uh, something different. And, uh, and I was very... It, it, it was kind of like when, when we were talking about old bands and they kind of became something by just kicking, kicking, kicking. Mm. I actually managed to make sarcophagus kind of like rise up because I just was relentless with the media. That I was knocking at every possible newspaper and magazine with set of photos, ready-made story. Oh, wow, and yeah. They kind of like, because yeah. I, I didn't look like metal life because I was like, by normal self and, yeah. and and I think that it was just like you know that they thought that that I'm weird but I'm kind of nice and and that's the way we got hell of a lot of publicity so so there's always been the kind of weird like even some of the universities uh, kind of papers that they've interviewed me for oh, yeah. that yeah. how was the music here they have been trying to make me say that the media was against us but it was the audience that wasn't in our favor Media was with us. We got hell of a lot of publicity because I'm planning to at some point release because I, I have like like a lot of audio interviews from radio from the time, which is really good for the Finns to see because then you, from those you actually see what type of the situation was. That the, the radio reporters wanted to argue with me about metal because they were kind of like seeing it as some kind of like like you know kind of like a hillbilly hillbilly music you know that it's for idiots and they were <laughs> trying to argue with me about that and 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 i was able always to counter argue about it so so i think that they found it very amusing so we got a lot of radio play uh i was in every possible tv which were very kind of few apart tv program and, and even the finnish main tv did like two songs from the envoy of death okay. and it was the biggest production that they ever done in music videos and and they were very excited because it was something they never done before we had the flamethrowing guitar and yeah and i saw your video they, they are online the videos so so you can see them now they don't look anything but at that time they were quite radical yeah and and so in a way like you know we because of me being kind of relentless about bugging people and in a nice way and yep. that's how we got a lot of publicity and and so in a way that but it didn't kind of like turn into selling albums hmm. so so it's one of those things and of course in a in a way the old sarcophagus albums did sell well if you compare to modern day numbers but at that time the numbers were much bigger hmm. They were kind of vinyls were selling much better than now, so you know what I'm saying. That, that it's it's kind of it's, the, yeah yeah. What's the if you had an album that you thought was the best representation of 
the group would it be cycle of life or envoy of death do you think or, or motor motor birds i think is the um is motor no, birds the, of course, for me, the most important album is the Core Values that came out 2007. Oh, that's a later one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes. You haven't heard that one. I have. Yeah, I, I made a point of listening to it. Oh, no. The, oh, I, just, yeah. I just check yeah. on, I think it's Well, that's, Spotify. of course, for me, because that combines the past and it also has the future. So it's kind of like, I think it had brilliant reviews because yeah. no, none the of the there, reviewers were able to kind of define what it is. Like yeah. there's some like the one of said that that after after the tenth time it's easier to say what what it how did how did it go that then after ten times it's easier to say uh, what it isn't than, than what it is. Oh really? That, is that is that yeah. how people but, were approaching it? They were saying what it yes, wasn't. Yes, and there was like there was a guy that I know it's it's a big sarcophagus fan who runs one of the magazines and. And he told me, because I said, I'm quite surprised that you didn't review the album. And, and he said that, yeah, we had the album in, in the kind of like office. And it was going from guy to guy. But nobody knew what to say about it. And I thought, that's, kind of, that's awesome. If you manage to make an album that people don't know what to say about, that's like, that's goal kind of like achieved. So, so it, but the core values were problematic in a way because I was working on the biggest international TV series I've ever done. So I didn't have time to kind of put any time yeah. on it, like, you know, getting it out and whatever. So we gave it to a guy who we all have known since 70s. And that's a little label. And and he was saying, well, I have all the connections everywhere and I can do this and I can oh, do that. God. And yeah. he did nothing. He, he just kind of like, there was a one one ad which was this size. <laughs> and it was just because one of the biggest music magazines had a big story about the band. But like it's nowadays they were saying that, well, you should actually advertise so that we can put the whole story out. Mm. And we were kind of thinking, well, of course we have to. And then we got this tiny thing. And, and then the kind of like the whole article was truncated because it wasn't enough. <laughs> Case, yeah. So, yeah, it's so, interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. But in a way, like if we go to the pack, I think yeah. that the the Motorbirds, of course, is the main album because that's that's still sounds good, which is quite the achievement considering it was done eighty one. That it still sounds that sounds like metal, that it has the kind of like still the essence of it. And, yeah, and, it sounds and like the songs um, were, yeah. It's, it kind of some of it sounds a bit like bathery. You know, you've got that 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 picking technique you've got, which then, of course, appeared in Immortal a bit later on. So that's when I talk about identifiable characteristics of metal. That's what I'm talking about. So you don't sound like yeah. Black Sabbath. It's a different. It's a no. vastly different beast. You're probably closer to Michael Schenker than you are to Black Sabbath, but mm. it it has all of these these elements these characteristics that, as I say, you can you can hear in extreme metal these days. Mm. So that's that's why I yeah. said I, I think you could claim to be one of the first. Uh, heavy metal outfits to come out of Europe because uh, mm. you know I, I could hear a bit of candle mass too. You know you got that is because you're not doom at all, but there's this there's a few things going on there. It's quite a unique and original sound. I've got to hand it to you. I uh, mm. I thought it might have sounded because I hadn't heard it up until uh, I did, went for a dive on a Spotify and uh, I thought it might have, I thought it might have sounded you know stuff from the 70s is dated. There's no two ways about it unless you're Richie Blackmore mm. or what have you and you wrote the book. 
it all sort of sounds a bit um it can sound a bit thin but yours doesn't yes. there's and i wouldn't i wouldn't say it unless i didn't have i just wouldn't say anything you know if um but mm. i could definitely hear these things that i'm mentioning so i often wonder i was i was wondering when i was listening back to it did Cawthorn actually hear you because is that where they get because you no, ideas very few ideas are, are spontaneous they all come from somewhere else well there is there's always been these kind of like like people saying that that and this and that band have been listening to us and that that's why they sound like that but and in a way it actually it was quite bizarre because there wasn't any way out of Finland but but with the vinyls they were actually kind of like um, there was the USA they had the college radio mm -hmm. and they were actually playing them so so there was kind of like for the vinyls there was I think it was a Swedish label that took quite a lot of them and sold them globally so even if the band couldn't go kicking anywhere the music went out so they all were kind of like they were there so you could have heard of the band and uh, and with the motorbus there was like a like in like holland they were really excited about it but they were waiting for the english version because of course now the finnish language is not the problem but <laughs> because it was done in Finnish at that time that was a, what the hell is that language so so they liked the album but they were waiting for the English version and I think that was one of those things that that for me was one of the last nails in the coffin that I thought that well fuck I'm not going to do an English version of it I've just done a year making the videos doing everything so I'm not just you know, forget it <laughs> just talking about um sarcophagus again so have you got a release planned i know you've got the, the, the nice t-shirt you've got there on actually that's for sale on your website so yeah and the poster people can get that and they can get the poster <laughs> as well so that's 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 the capstone is it so you've got the poster and the t-shirt are you doing an anthology on cd or anything like that for fans uh there's actually there's coming a, a compact cassette of all the things of, of because this is kind of like the this is the this is on the on the Spotify well, whatever. Got my, got my the, here. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's basically it is kind of like the original single, the first single, mm. and then we got together 2008 with the original singer Hannu, from who has the band Havana Blacks and so mm. on, and uh, and we redid the the single A side, the Call to Hell, and uh, and then we did another song. And, and so the compact cassette is actually kind of like the last single of coming out of Sarcophagus. So it's kind of like the first album was The Cycle of Life. So this is kind of like nicely, mm. kind of we have the original single, then we have the latest and last single. Yeah. And with almost the same lineup. Mm. So so it's, it's kind of, yeah, so it's nice. Because that was supposed to be an album cover because I was working on the absence of light but like I said that it was November 2019 that that I actually made the video for core values that, that I was talking about at the time that the world is so dark and and <laughs> and gloomy and and nothing like the core values when, when it, I re-released it last year but it came I mean it was done 2004 and it was about 
all these things that are wrong in the world. It was very kind of like socially aware album and 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 you kind of like think that nothing has changed and 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 I've done a lot of environmental mm. stuff also yeah. in the eighties. I did a lot of environmental films. You I did ninety one. Yeah. I did uh, with the name Double Vision, Dream On, which was like a like a music video that was uh, donated to World Wildlife Fund for Nature. And mm-hmm. it was the first Finnish music project ever to make the music TV, MTV. And uh, so it was quite a big thing. Yeah. And uh, it cost a hell of a lot of money. And it was about exactly the same things that that was 91, that we are still talking and nothing is nothing changes. So at some point you kind of think that, that why, it's just kind of like the lyrics are, are fed up with them because it don't mean anything. It's just kind of the same yappity yap and and trying to be dramatic and trying to put kind of like the world right and uh, music. It's entertainment. It's not really. It's not going to change. <laughs> change a lot of things. So at least I kind of it, it doesn't. I'm I'm not saying that I've given up with the humankind or anything, but but it's just kind of like maybe oh, I'm the, feeling it. Don't worry. The, yeah, maybe the change will come from somewhere else. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, you've touched on a subject there. I could talk about for hours because I was just talking about <laughs> life. I think I, I, I love doing this, these exchanges here. But in terms of the day to day, I feel like I'm done with humanity. <laughs> I'm just at a point personally where I just, I'm just, you know, I've had someone in the last few years try to rip me off out of fifty thousand um, dollars. You know, mm. um, my. Uh, you know, there's, there's, I'm not, there was problems in my own family many years ago that forced me to confront this reality. Um, mm. And uh, it, it made me sort of think, I, I, I'm now 42. So when I was growing up, I thought, well, you figure out the world a lot more and <laughs> your place mm. in it. And therefore it gets easier. And I do think it gets easier with age, but only because you've got wisdom. Those of us with a brain, mm. of course, you get more wisdom and you become wise about how to, how to uh, approach different things and who to avoid this sort of thing. But I'm just fast getting to a point where I don't care that much anymore. Meaning that mm-hmm. I, I'm yeah. especially, if, and I think part of it for me has come about because uh, I sense this, this magnificent opportunity I've got to write these, ghostwrite these biographies of people like Pete and, uh, mm-hmm. and all these wonderful stories that need to be told. It's, I'm certainly not saying, I, like you, man, I'm certainly not saying I, I can't stand humanity and can't be around it anymore, but I'm, I'm very, I'm at a point now where if, if I was left alone to write my books, which I basically am, 12 to 16 hours a day, I'm good. I don't need mm-hmm. more than that. I don't wish yeah. to sort of, you know, no more networking events, no more, um, mm-hmm. I used to be a Toastmaster, I'm not doing that anymore. And yeah. uh, maybe it'll come full cycle, you know, it'll be a cyclical and I'll come out the other side of it. But mm-hmm. you're right, mate. I, I, and then on a, on a since we, we've last spoken, there was the US presidential elections and, you know, <laughs> over and, and over 71 million people who voted for Trump are automatically racist. You know, they don't have any, mm-hmm. any le- legitimate gripes for which mm-hmm. are the reasons that they vote for him. Um, mm. and, and you just see the way the media, again, why I'm not going into media myself as a, as a profession, uh, you see the mm. way that the media treat a whole, a whole segment of the population globally, not just in America, but globally, because we all follow, we have to follow American politics because it's of its impact on global social mm. and political matters. Um, but you start to, and then you dive into history. Like mm. uh, there's this wonderful anthropologist called Robert Sepper, who's an American gent. And uh, 
he uh, uncovers a lot of stuff. And then I, I read uh, through, it wasn't through him necessarily, but I sort of started to get put on. To, uh, yeah, it was through him, actually. The, um, the causing factors behind World War Two. Mm. And uh, a lot of what we've been taught is just bullshit. So in other words, history is just an invention of the victor. As in what we know right. about history is just an invention of mm. the victor. It's not actually how it occurred. And and then uh, there's these, have you seen there's these hieroglyphs in Egypt that look like mm. someone's got a big rock and just try to scratch them off? Well, that was the preceding pharaoh trying to erase the memory mm. of the pharaoh that came before him. It turns out we've yeah. always been like this. Yeah. And also the history, if we, if we talk about like, Egypt that we actually don't know how old the pyramids are or the Sphinx because they are there isn't anything to date them and if there's kind of any writing that's like later and and I think the great pyramid actually had some writing on somewhere in the inside and and that was actually I think it was a I think it turned out to be an English guy who wanted to just kind of like I don't know why but he wanted to kind of fake it so that it would be dated and it could be all oh, right okay claimed. fake it yeah well okay yes. yeah that's yeah, I don't know how anyway. accurate this story is but that's what I've read so I I, I like I said I, I was very into it one time ago I still of course like it but I, I'm not reading anymore that much about it so, yeah well you uh, can go down I think it's just it's hard to find people who are who just present the data you understand mm. like there's always this angle yes and and how do you verify any data that's it's just, yeah great point it, it's just kind of like you know i think we were talking about this last time that, that like with the filmmaking i've been traveling the world and being in weird places and and like like with korpikan in russia mm. that that's actually where you see how it is yes if you kind of read it here Russia is falling apart and it's horrible and everything. It wasn't. It wasn't horrible. It was actually like Siberia was a really lovely place and lovely people mm. and 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 so so it is. Yes, the information is very hard to actual actual information very hard to get and, and sometimes yeah. you actually it doesn't even even if you go somewhere you you still might not get like you know you just get a slice of the mm. actual reality but. But it's better than reading about it. So, mm. yeah, yeah. Your your trip to Russia occurred when Russia was being demonised for in the US, uh, at least, mm, yeah. well, pretty much globally, really, with all of these yeah. um, left leaning um, media outlets, which is just about all of them these days, of course. But of course, the Russia Russia was uh, responsible for Trump getting into power. It was a Russian collusion, and that was never proven, you know. But your 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 documentary was a wonderful insight from the perspective that to your exact point there, you're, you're, you're meeting people and you can't speak the language either. So they can't, they can't speak English or Finnish either. So you weren't able to communicate, but you're, you were able to interact with these people. And there was the, um, the indigenous group that you went out to see. And I loved how you explained how you tried to give them money or you tried to work out exactly how you could pay for the experience. They said, Oh, we don't want money. Just happy just to have you like that outside of this um, Western or, uh, neo-capitalist environment that you and I have been a part of ever since part of ever since we were born you know there are groups of people uh, that have managed to exchange ideas and welcome people into their homes without the use of mm. any of that and I guess I guess the trade-off is, is that they want to share their culture mm. yeah 
you know so um but yeah it's it's made it's uh at, at the moment we we've uh, people say we live through interesting times i always say they're interesting times because there's always interesting things happening meaning that there's always some bullshit going on somewhere and it uh mm. and i think that's why why music is so important because it gives people some you know music is an invention it's a creative thing but it gives people something to, mm. to grab onto when life doesn't make mm. sense and i know I've yeah done it and it is kind of maybe like like I said, 2019, I did say that 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 maybe we should start to do happy metal <laughs> because times are so dark. That, but but of course you cannot really make happy metal because metal has to be kind of like dark. So mm. but then you can do it without the lyrics. So so yeah, <laughs> it's a bit different story. Well, one one of the best albums that I heard last year came out of Finland. It was by a, a group called Aransi Pazuzu. Which, which I think makes uh, orange. Yeah, I know the name. I've, I've never heard anything from them because they are from Swart Records. They saying that we released our vinyl, and, and okay. I think it's their brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's been around for quite a long time now. I think. I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. So they're, yeah. they're with Nuclear Blast now. So their last album, ah, the okay. album that I got, was through Nuclear Blast. But yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. You know, they've they've had a whole career up to this point. But that was extraordinarily weird music. But yeah, I found I found it was like a uh, Stanley Kubrick film, in that they're very, oh, right. you know, it's it's weird to watch it, and you sort of got to take a lot in, but you're you're intrigued and you're absorbed by it. Yeah, and um, yeah. and I think we're starting to see uh, there's a label called Sentient Ruin, who does a lot of interesting things too. There's a another band called Plague Organ, and they don't sound alike, but it's it's mm. uh, it hits you the same way, and. Uh, I'm noticing, and, and I'm plugged into the music scene, but I'm noticing that there are some very strange, but at the same time, very engaging releases starting to come out, particularly out of Europe um, at the moment. Uh, and, maybe, yeah. And that's a reaction, it's, it's, I think. I, you know. Yeah, I think that, like, if, if I kind of feel like doing something else, I, and it doesn't mean that, that I, I, because, of course, like, because... The thing that that most people don't really know is that that the kind of like the film music side for me, mm. that I've been actually making uh, film music for thirty six years, and film music is really great because you have to do whatever fits the film. So it's not about your music taste; it's about making music which is commercial, purely mm -hmm. commercial, and uh, and you make it, and then you have people who instantly like it. And of course, some of the tunes that I have made for TV commercials have been probably heard more than any of the sarcophagus stuff. Hmm. So they have had more airplay, but nobody of course knows that I've done them. So, so, and, but the, that's not the point. The point is that, that, that film music is great because it, it expands your horizon so that, that, that you kind of start to see because you, you cannot just dislike music because like you know I don't like that type of music because I've been doing like film music all kind of stuff like you know from from some strange disco music to whatever <laughs> and and that's kind of like makes you actually much better musician because your repertoire is much larger and of course that's what I've been kind of like wanting to do is to kind of like and also because with film music, of course, I play all the instruments. So, so it's not just the guitar; that it's kind of everything. So, so 
that's kind of like 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 I think that I should have buried sarcophagus earlier and just kind of go that mm. way and not try to kind of navigate because it, it of course I it, it it's not it's just more like you know that this sarcophagus has been like a like this little thing in your head that is messing with you you know yeah that, I get it that yeah blurring what you are doing and uh and in a way, when you were talking about the albums that I like, that of course, also album that I like is the the Back from the Valley of the Kings, which is the 2016 release. Okay. That in 2010 we had kind of like a comeback tour, and uh, we rehearsed like like properly with the whole band once. Then we had three kicks, and uh, I kind of thought about it that this is brilliant, that it's going so well, that 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 I suggested to the other guys, what about if we go to SR's keyboard player studio mm -hmm. and record this whole set in one day? And uh, because that's like the cycle of life was done in, I think, two or three days. So it's kind of like albums used to be done. It, there wasn't time. It, it yeah. was played. And, and of course, nowadays people, because you have home studios, you can work there then you can go to a studio continue and whatever so you can spend hell of a lot of time on them so so that was the kind of like interesting concept that everybody loved the idea and that that's a brilliant idea and uh, and and so so we did record it in a very <laughs> very long day and we had all kind of problems like the Hammond Leslie speakers kind of blew up and we had to kind of improvise and all kind of things but yeah. but the idea with that was that that because like like more birds, like I said, I wouldn't redo it. It's it's I, I think it's perfect still in my mind, like you know, considering the time or whatever, and it still sounds good. But Psycho Life and Envoy Death, to me, they both had good songs. But because there wasn't the because you have to kinda of also remember that that like when we recorded Cycle of Life, there wasn't nobody knew how to re record heavy metal. Yeah. Yeah, because it sure. wasn't in a way it wasn't even invented and it was it was heavy rock which is very different mm. like you know it, it's heavy rock is kind of like and hard rock nowadays they kind of blend there isn't any clear kind of like definition so mm -hmm. so so it's kind of like in the two years time if you think about some cycle of life that that the sounds are very kind of like it's still a mixture of rock and and whatever Mm -hmm. progressive and blues and, and stuff like that. And then Envoy of Death was already more metal structured album. And it already had now like, you know, the 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 stereo guitars mm -hmm. to make it kind of like a like a wall. And uh, but it was still it didn't have that type of kick in it. It was still like you said about Deep Purples and all those bands that now they sound very kind of thin. And uh, and and Envoy Death was like like from the song point of view that that because I've never been a big fan of Iron Maiden for example because I always be thinking that Iron Maiden is quite happy band that everything yeah. is kind of like and Judas Priest I've I've, I've liked the earlier stuff but they are kind of again they are quite they are not really that dark you know what I'm saying that they. Was their album called 
Sad Wings of Destiny. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good album. I think yeah. that's their best album. And and that was kind of like, to me, darker album. And then they became yeah. more, I wouldn't say poppy, but you know that they are a bit, they, Europe is a little bit like the Beatles of heavy metal. Yeah. That they kind of come with up these great tunes and songs. And like like Reaper and and all these, they are, they are brilliant songs, very catchy and and and. But I think with the Envoy of Death, it was already going into the dark side, which a lot of at that point the bands that I was listening were kind of like quite happy bands, like that Van Halen and and all that stuff. They they went trying to be like you know metal, mm. and uh, and so in a way because of course like. My influences came from bands like Edgar Proton Band. Vasa Vasa was a brilliant album. It's, it's very kind of strange, in your face, aggressive, not kind of like some kind of weird proto metal type of album. It's not metal, but you can kind of think that if you listen to that, you can get the ideas of making metal. Mm-hmm. And then there was a band called Sir Lord Baltimore. With the Kingdom Come album, which is again already is metal, and that was done like was it '68, and uh, and of course Alice Cooper's Killer album, which is quite like you know mm-hmm. heavy, you know, you know in a feeling way, not like you're you know, getting that way. Yeah. What about yeah? Blue, so Blue Cheer? Uh, that's kind of like sorry. Were you a fan of Blue Cheer at all? You know the band Blue sorry? Cheer. They're called Blue Cheer from no. San Francisco. They, if you have a, yeah, if you have a listen to them, they're from the mid '60s. Okay, their early stuff is heavier than Sabbath, and they yeah. were, yeah. But, you know, they didn't have the vibe. I've got to say, but they definitely yeah. the, the guitars were chunky. You know, a lot of down picking and stuff. And uh, that was yeah. the first time that that I heard it. But yeah, I, I understand your point. It's uh, you know, they the, a lot of these bands, and I think that's what. Metallica picked up on as well, even though they were inspired mm. by a lot of these bands. And uh, well, yeah, because there was this psychedelia and 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 progressive and yeah and and like you know like heavy rock and 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 so so there were the elements and and I think like the N of Death was was coming from that that I wanted to make kind of like a okay. dark yeah. album and it is quite dark especially like the black contract which again is probably quite ahead of time because it it, it is quite like i don't know what it is but it's very doomy black contract there you go 10 minutes yeah nine, nine minutes 29 yes. there you go it's a long yeah. song yeah so yeah. so but that also had the kind of like you know the my progressive background because i've played a lot of progressive music before sarcophagus mm. so so of course like everything has roots but i think that these roots that i had made it kind of like that that in that way we were ahead of time making kind of like darker music darker riff based music so yeah yeah and you had but to... then yeah if, if i yeah because i always drift with these stories that are going right. to a tangent no, but, that's fine. but, but the, the the reason like you know like but the band came back because of the internet, and suddenly, like, there was a lot of like talk about how great, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. And uh, I always had the idea that it would be so great to redo Cycle of Life and Envoy Death albums. And and so, in a way, that 2010, when we had the gigs, 
went to studio, recorded them, be, recorded all the best songs from the three albums mm. because that was the set list that we were playing. And uh, and then the actual recording only took one day, but the actual mixing it probably took more than anything I ever mixed time-wise because I had to kind of like because they, the sounds had to be created afterwards I couldn't have them in the studio mm -hmm. so I was trying not to do it into a modern metal album I was trying to do it in the 70s way that's why I thought that playing them in studio would give the feel because it would be more live it wouldn't mm -hmm. be kind of like you know where we repeat until everything is exactly perfect yeah so so in a way, like, you know, the, getting the sound right was a hell of a job. And I think that it sounds now that it's kind of like 70s or 80s, but early 80s, 70s. But with the kind of band that actually was almost better than the band back then. Mm -hmm. And and the sounds are, of course, much better, but still not being kind of like metal. You know, that is actually whatever it was back then. Yeah. So I, I, there are some. There are three songs that we did with, with uh, some other guys, uh, and they were done in a metal way. So the the three last songs are, are not done in the same way as the rest of the album. So, but I think that that was great because I that was one of my wishes was to kind of redo some of the old songs that I thought were really good, but the recording into my ears wasn't. A, best possible one. I know that there's people who will say that, that of course the original ones were the best, naturally. <laughs> hey, you cannot you, improve that. Yeah. Has, some, has somebody like uh, Digby or um, Brian Slagle ever reached out to you? Sorry? Someone like Digby, you know, Digby from Earache or Brian Slagle? I've, I've been working with yeah, right. <laughs> but you, you oh, remember music it was, video. Yeah, music. Um, I remember the story, but what about the what about yeah. the sarcophago though? Did they did they sort of twig that you were the well? Let's let's guy? put it this way that if they would have, I would never even reply to email. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of stories yeah. that I've heard, the amount of like yes. first hand stories yeah. from musicians, and like, I think there's much that. more stories than you have heard. So, so it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. a funny story. There's a funny yeah. story about the the there's an Italian. I don't know if they still exist, Italian label called Mellotron. And they released the, the uh, Psycho Life and Envoy Death as CDs. They were the first in 90s releases okay. and uh, re-releases. And uh, of course, they released them without talking to me or asking for mm. <laughs> a license to do yes, that. They do. But yeah. it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. But, but then when the core values was coming out, they were really, really excited about it, and uh, and and so so they were kind of like, oh, this is pretty good. We want to put it out, and we 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 are so keen. And and <laughs> and when the album was done, and I was really kind of like that. This is absolutely brilliant. That I'm so happy about this. And mm. I sent it to them, and 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 their reply was that that this is absolutely awful. You cannot do this type of album. <laughs> Which was kind of like, I was kind of like, what? You are telling me that I cannot with my plan do an album that I want to do. And so we ended up having this 
argument because they were actually expecting that I would do something like Envoy of Death and Cycle of Life with those sounds that that I would just kind of like continue like yeah, they, yeah. because they probably haven't even been listening to Mortal so they didn't even know that I had already then moved on from that. Oh God! Yeah. So so it was it was so funny. It was so funny kind of like emailing about it that they are trying to tell me that I cannot do it. <laughs> and of course, yes, I haven't heard from them since. I, I think I wrote them quite precise email about what I, I can do and I cannot do and, and what they can do and cannot yeah. do. So, yeah. so, so you've had to do everything independently. Well, this is a bit kind of like the new project is not going to be, it, it's too big. It's too mm. complex and, and 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 so yes, so so that's a bit different. But I think that for most of the bands, that, that if you do, if you do your album and and you are not like you know expecting it to sell like hotcakes, it, it's much better to do it yourself and 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 just get it done if you can, because the labels are not really doing anything anymore. It, it's no, you don't really it... need a label. Remember we spoke. They have the PR, PR power. That's the only thing that they they have their yeah. emailing list that they can get the information to more people than maybe you can. But yeah, does it but do anything? With, but if you're working with Tara and then you work with people like Earsplit PR in the United States, it reaches the same audience anyway for a fraction of mm. the price, and you're not having to. You're not in debt to the label yeah i i I think even with indie labels like your earaches and stuff i mean you know earache these days you know they're a rock label can you believe that the bands that they've all right i haven't really followed them at all for a long time yeah they've ditched as far as i can see they've ditched extreme metal so they do uh um the drummer from dream theater what's his mike portnoy isn't it is that his name yeah his son has got a band called taller or taller i think it is and yeah. uh, it's just sound to me. It sounds like a cross between um, or some extreme metal stuff, but more new metal, corns, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, kind of got that vibe going on. So they they probably, which is interesting because extreme metal is never sold in big volumes, but it's selling more mm-hmm. now than I think it ever has. And yeah. and I, well, I do get I do get access to some data, and I can see we're not talking great numbers, a couple of thousand or what have you. But uh, in, in terms of compared to a lot of these pop artists, they're only selling. Like, remember Robin Thicke? Remember that guy who sang, um, oh, what's that song that he sang? A couple. Of, I used to play it on the in covers bands all the time. Mm. Uh, anyway, I can't remember what it was. But anyway, he released an album. He, he had a number one album beforehand, I think it was. Definite number one on some charts anyway. And it didn't sell more than a couple of hundred copies, this follow-up album. And, yeah. and, and it happens. It happens even if you've got the big machine behind you because as soon as people stop yeah. hearing, they don't care. They've tuned out. And I'm, I'm having to... So I'm I'm starting a residency in the Queensland State Library in March to help me write, and I, yep. I won that. Thank God I got it because it's something that I, I didn't get taught how to write a book at uni. So I'm going to have to do it this way, and eventually I'll do yep. my master's, Master of Letters, uh, as, as part of this process as well. Here is that there's all these opportunities for us to in, interact and to communicate with people one on one. You don't well, need all of these gatekeepers anymore. No, 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 and, and it is kind of like, like with the music. It, it, it's so great that you can work with people wherever they are. It's like you know, like like mm. with this, with this new new project I have, like you know, these Siberian musicians, 
who are presenting me songs and, and uh, there's a guy in California that I'm working with and 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 it's just so we don't really people are accessible and and also even with the project you don't need the studio anymore you you just, yeah. we have a proper computer and stuff you can do whatever so so in a way yes it that's the kind of good side that we are so much more self-sufficient that if you think about like like the sarcophagus albums in 80s mm-hmm. that they required a studio even however little time you had and it cost a lot of money yeah. and then kind of like doing the actual vinyl see it you couldn't have done it yourself unless you are a very wealthy person so so the step of getting anything out was like like this Whereas now it's really kind of, if you know what you're doing, you can just do it yourself. Of course, the problem is that a lot of people don't know how to do things. So that's mm-hmm. more like the surprising thing that, 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 that what I find is that, that like mastering your music, that should be something that you, you would naturally, in my mind, you would naturally learn. But a lot of people don't do it. So they use outside mastering companies and, And yeah, that will automatically affect the outcome that, that is not the best one because the mastering always changes the mix, the balances and everything. So you, you, like I, I've, been, I've mastered things like, you know, 15 times because I listen, oh, that changed. And then you go back to the mix and you mix it and then you master it again. And, and hmm. so it's not, to me, it's one pro, process, but I know that a lot of people don't do it. Which I don't understand, but yeah, it's well, something. That... You're a self-starter, though. That's the thing. I think we've both got that in common: is that we want to do everything ourselves, and we're prepared to put the time in. And uh, you know, I, I and I've to... done it for a long time, also. So that 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 in the time when I started to do, you really mm. needed to know to, how to do things because you actually like, like with the motorbikes, I actually learned to, to be a studio engineer mm. because that was the only way to do it because I couldn't hire anybody to do it yeah. because I was working on it in the off off time from the normal studio time. So it was nights and weekends and, and, and it, it took a lot of time. So, so to make it like it is, that was the only way to do it. And it's the same with the film that, that, that to make big films, like I, I did some very interesting films in Finland. The only way to do it was that I know everything that I actually can do it myself. And back in the day, there was a saying that that you you cannot do everything yourself. That 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 nobody can do everything. You have to focus on one tiny part, which is just crap. Because of course nowadays that's the norm. That's what we all are teaching to everybody that you have to learn everything yourself so that you can yeah. do. So, there's, so, but there's that was in the eighties. That was kind of with the filmmaking. It was, yeah. it was a no-go area that you cannot be a director, cameraman, editor. That somehow, for example, director, editor, you cannot edit your own stuff. Which is like, why couldn't you? <laughs> it's just, mm. it's just stupid. But, but it was just how the whole business was working. It was very divided into slots that that people were yeah. part of. And of course now most of these people are not in the business anymore because there isn't room for one slot. You have to be multi-skilled. 
You know, I, I, I'm drawn to a comment that Rob Zombie shared with uh, Jamie Jaster on his podcast. You know, Rob Zombie, of course, you know, the former White Zombie yeah, yeah, frontman yeah. and uh, the filmmaker. He's a filmmaker, yeah. yeah. Um, he said, and it resonated with me so much at the time, and it's actually something I've adopted in my own professional practices. He said, if you need to ask for advice, you're not going to do it. It's not going to happen. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. Get it done. Get it done yourself. All of the tools are available to you. And uh, yeah. he's talk, talking about, you know, a lot of the, the, it's a lot of criticism for his films. And he basically said he doesn't give a shit. I think fair call. Great. I mean, he's, he's got a, well, I, I like his films, actually. I like the way he's, mm-hmm. he's tapping into a lot of that 70s and 80s vibe and, and bringing it into, a, into the modern screen. But uh, I thought that was so true that if you've got to ask and if you've mm-hmm. got to go and seek advice and if you need to rely on other people to get things done, it ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. You've just got to work out, I think, mm-hmm the limitations of your talent meaning that like so so for example i can literally write and publish an ebook right here on my my mac that i'm talking to you over right now i don't need to go anywhere else i mean there's enough online publishing tools to help me uh um get everything done you know i can use illustrator i can use photoshop uh, i can put together videos using premiere pro because i obviously i use the adobe suite with those products there but uh yeah it, it's just uh I think I know for me, because I had a whole career in a telecommunications company before I started to go this pathway that I'm on now. And I think particularly for me, I'm not technical at all. Uh, I'll volunteer that now I'm creative, but I'm not technical. And it takes me a long time to sort of get my head around things when there's a big instruction manual. It takes me oftentimes to throw out the instruction manual to try to figure it out, you know. But these days, all of these programs that I just mentioned, and also, um, Google might be the evil empire, but I've got to tell you, Google Docs has just been a, a game changer for me because I can share yeah, yeah. across multiple devices when I'm writing. So I can I can write a lot of my writing I actually do on my iPhone because it reads better yeah. that way. It's a you, it, believe it or not, you read things differently on your iPhone than when you're writing. That is, your creativity yeah. is it's, it manifests differently when you're writing on your iPhone compared to when you're writing on a big screen like a Mac or thereabouts. But I guess my point is, is that I think technology finally allowed somebody like myself who isn't technical to feel like I, I had all of these tools at my fingertips that could get what I wanted done just with me. Yeah. Was just yeah. alluding to what we spoke about earlier. I don't really, I'm sort of not a fan of humanity at the moment. So I uh, don't really want to work with other people. I just want to do everything myself where I can. Well, this is kind of like, also like, like with the new project that, 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 I am working with people, but but there is the kind of like 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 I don't have any like proper heavy metal singers on this new stuff. I have very different type of singers, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's just because I'm quite fed up with the heavy metal singers because they are quite hard to work with because they all are, you know, prima donnas. Yes. And and it's just kind of like you're gonna. Oh, would I like to go through all this kind of like the lyrics and and, and making them fit and and you know it's kind of like so there's there's a part of it also of that in my decision that I, I want to do something different. So so mm-hmm. so yeah so yeah it is kind of like yeah there's something yeah. in that what you what you're talking about because I. Uh, I think I've said this a couple of times on the podcast, but I'll say it now. I'm no longer interviewing local Australian metal bands. Mm. Basically for the reason that you we just mentioned, I get, yeah, 
I mean, I, I feel I'm not I'm not saying I'm doing them a favor by interviewing them, but you know, if you've got a couple of hundred Facebook followers or what have you, and you haven't made an impact, and then I do the podcast, and then we release it, and I can see the comments that they're talking about on the, you know, I just go and check and see where it's been shared, and just just for curiosity's sake, I don't do it anymore, but I can see the yeah. comments that are made, and they're quite some of them are quite disparaging about me and my interview mm. technique or, or what have you. And uh, mm. it hasn't, I'm not saying it's happened often. I'm saying it's happened a couple of times. That's all. But yeah. I just, I just know, I think, fuck at this, who cares? Like if I get to talk yeah. to people like yourself or as I say, uh, Simone, just before you, and these interactions are, are lovely. These are fantastic. You know, mm. they, they make me feel fulfilled is the way that I, I term it. And uh, then I talk to these, you know, these local yokels and, uh, you know, there's an element, there's definitely an element of disrespect there, and I just think, fuck you guys. Mm. Yeah, but, so, but that's the internet problem that, that everybody can be a critic, and it's so easy because you just type in whatever, yeah. and, and and there's all the kind of like you know, there's people who are jealous, and and so yeah, so it is kind of like I've, I've with some of the films and things that I've, I've been putting out, I've, I've turned off the comments because. I really oh, don't yeah. want to listen to it. Why? It's just kind of like with sarcophagus, it's always it's it being kind of ninety nine percent everything with sarcophagus is positive. Yeah, I, I saw that. There isn't really say. any negative coming. Like, of course, there are people who don't like and whatever, but I think that they just don't go that way to tell it to anybody. So, so that's been always quite nice with it. That it's always is has always been positive. So, so that's one of these cool things about it. And, hmm. But, but yeah, but it's it's also like I think that with the whole metal thing is that that there isn't. I've been because I I've always tried to find new music to listen, and there isn't really for very very long time there hasn't been anything interesting in the kind of like metal happening. It, it's just like you know same stuff that has been around for a long time it might be better played or something mm. but it's not and, and also this this I, I do like like bands like mesuka and 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 there's a what the hell is that there's a finnish band that i just pop kind of like i just somehow found them and are they new obviously they're a new band but have they had an album out recently or yes they have and and and, and and not Nightwish, or we mentioned Nightwish, haven't we? No, yeah. but they they sound like Mesuka. They have similar type of similar type of. Uh, I think that it, it's always bad to say what somebody sounds and whatever, but but they actually, to me, they they do kind of like. I'm trying to open up my other phone no, here, uh, so that I check out the band's name. Uh, yeah, there's. Sure I, I, I understand okay. your perspective. So you got it. Sorry, I was. I understand your perspective because what what happened to me was I, I thought too oh, that there was. I thought. But I thought it's anyway. Was, no. Yeah, yeah I, I thought there was bugger all happening in metal too, and um, mm. then when I when I started to do the journalism stuff in late 2016, early 2017, and I started to get connected with a lot of new bands. I think the the problem that some very good new bands have, because they're, they're definitely out there, it's just cutting through the noise on the internet. It's mm. almost, I, I will say, it's almost impossible to be heard unless 
something has to happen. Um, I, I, you know, there's uh, like there's a band from the United States called Amua, who, who I think are very good. They've been around a little a while, but they've got a good guitarist called Josh Travis, who basically is making his guitar sound a bit like computer game music. So there's that innovation that's happening, oh, and that's that's the key yeah. thing. I'm not I'm not really I'm not much of a of a uh, nostalgia freak, I think, as you know, you can probably tell with my mm. comments about Metallica and and to a lesser extent yeah. Iron Maiden, but I think um, the, there's definitely got to be an innovative perspective. Otherwise things just end up repeating themselves. And that's why, you know, the rival sons thing. And what's that, um, what's that band that sounds like Gre- Greta Van Fleet? Like, uh, you know, Don't know that. No, you should check. They, they basically sound like physio Led Zeppelin uh, th- uh, three. They've just got that oh, okay. sound down pat. But I mean, look, if I want to listen to Led Zeppelin three, guess what I'll listen to. I don't really need to listen to a new band to hear that. And so that, but that's just yeah. people's listening habits and bands sort of figuring out what they can do to get, get heard. But uh, yeah, there, there's quite a few out there, man. There's um, like this plague organ uh, that I interviewed. They're from Holland. These two lads. So yeah. there's, there's stuff there. It's just hidden, man. But I get, I get all of the emails from the record companies and stuff too. So I'm at a distinct advantage, I suppose. And that's one of the key reasons I do the micro reviews that I do is because I'm trying to spread awareness of new music. Um, yeah, yeah. So just just to get the cut through and and also get get the hype, you know, because a lot all, all of the stuff now that's hyped is just shit. It's it's a false hype. It's not for real, you know. It's uh, it's it's not interesting music. A lot of the stuff that gets a bit of a buzz at the moment, I'd, they've just got a good marketing team around them. Uh, whereas yeah. um, in years gone by, with you know, you always had magazines and like I remember when I first heard Cradle of Filth, for example, I've just been writing their entry in my book and. Uh, First time I'd ever heard a black metal band thread new wave of British heavy metal into their sound, and so of course that was a revolution. That was revolutionary because they were uh, they were innovating, and I think I think that's extremely important with new music too. It's if it sounds like the old stuff, I don't I don't see the point. Mm. Well, it would be interesting. What do you think about my new music? Because it is different. Yeah, well, I think you're a yeah, but you, you've got a skin in the game in that you are a pioneer and that you, you were around in the very beginning phases of it all. And your your image was on point too. We haven't spoken about that yet, but you um you definitely had your own vibe and your own image there, and uh, it did set you apart, didn't it, from the other bands that you were potentially playing with or touring with or what have you? Because you know the use of the 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 face paint and the ank is it not the ank symbol, the eye of Horus, um, yes, which is synonymous yes. with the group, yeah. So you got the eye of Horus, which is synonymous with the group, and um, yeah, there's a few things there. Yeah, and it, it, it it's kind of yeah. I think, like I said earlier, that that was quite important for the because of, you have to remember that Alice Cooper has been one of my big influences, and and he's kind of like because he already back then was talking about that Alice Cooper is like a it's just like a stage character mm-hmm. that it's not him. He just becomes him, her, whatever it is, yep. <laughs> on stage. So I was that was like with the sarcophagus. That was the same thing that that whatever we did was just for the show. It was just to make it, you know, something special. So mm-hmm. it wasn't that we were like that. It, it it wasn't our like I said that we were kind of ahead of time that we didn't live the life that we looked. Mm-hmm. So so in a in a way. Yeah, so no, no, I've forgotten what we were, how we got into this, but yes, so yeah, 
Yeah, oh, it's, the look, it's, yeah. The, the, the look, yeah, I know what you're saying, because I've always, I, for, there was there was a few years there I had it long hair, you know, down to here sort of thing. Mm. But um, I don't know how people get by with it, because I noticed that I, I started to have people like not serve me in queue, you know, in shops and stuff. Like, oh, I've got to say, I was treated like a leper at times. I especially, mm. I tell you what, I especially had felt it when I went to the United States and I had long hair. Um, yeah. There were a few hairy moments, I've got to say. Like, this is back when in the year 2000 when metal was not popular. Um, yeah. So, w- walking around and having long hair, I just found that people were either rude or they wouldn't talk to me. Um, the, only yeah, people yeah. That I, the only people that I could, I found that I kind of got along with, to be completely frank, were the, were the uh, Latinos and the Hispanics that were into metal in Los Angeles. You know, because mm. I was going into bars and just trying to play pool and stuff. And these were guys that were just sort of hanging out and uh, I was able to talk to them, but other people wouldn't. So, yeah, I. I I think I sort of I learned a lot from that in that I thought well I, I mean I had a I always had a job you know this is the first of my life I haven't been you know twenty four you know nine to five working so to speak even though I worked a lot longer mm. than that but you know um, yeah you know I've looked like this like what you're saying now for a long time too and uh, and I think some people also does this happen for you um, they look at me and with all of you know the scars and guitars podcasts and well it's kind of funny that 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 bizarrely like like when like 1979, 1980, 1981, the long hair was already, uh, it, it's, it's kind of like in Finland, it was out of fashion. Oh, yeah. it, it, I think it went like somewhere 70s because I remember that when I was in school, I had long hair and uh, I was the only one in class that had long hair. Wow, and, yeah. uh, and it was kind of like, yeah, the, yeah, it was kind of like the, all finish saying without those fucking long-haired hippies. So, so we were kind of made into hippies if we had long hair. So, so yeah, but of course, like, like, but that that's kind of with the band that was good because like, like there was, there was all these stories, weird stories about the band that we are kind of like in, in, in cahoots with the Satan. And <laughs> which the band has nothing to do with kind of like you know any any of that. I might have been interested in the kind of like 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 anybody would be, but band had nothing to do with any kind of Satanism or anything. But but that has been tied into the band because of the look. Yeah, people just kind of automatically if you if you have black leather and that, then you are kind of like into Satan, and which is kind of silly. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and it, I think that what for me is quite tiring nowadays is that because you see a lot of the new bands and their photos and, and, and it's it's all the same stuff. It's like mm. where you are looking gloomy in a, in a kind of like, you know, gothic environment and, and <laughs> it's done so many times. It, it really is kind of like boring. I know it's not boring for the young kids because of course they have never seen it, but I've seen it for, I don't know, 40 years. So it's a bit kind of like, it's just repeat, repeat, repeat. There's very little any new ideas. It's just kind of like, you know, I don't know. That's why I got so excited when Deaf Heaven was came out because they just look like normal guys too. They just, they look like normal guys that came from a day job or what have you. They, they, they're pretty clean cut looking guys, actually, these guys in Deaf Heaven, but they're a black metal band, effectively. They just don't, they don't, but they have none of the imagery. 
In fact, their, yeah. their uh, Sunbather, if you've ever seen that LP, that's pink, the album yeah. cover. And it's, it's meant to represent somebody who's looking at the sun and closing their eyes. You know, that, that color that comes through from behind your eyelid when you've got your eyes closed and you're in the presence of the yeah. sun. And they had this extraordinary story about it, around it. And, uh, mate, you see them live. There is, they're probably one of the most intense bands that I've ever seen. And uh, I, I'm with you, actually. I've, um, I've never subscribed to the theory that you need to have this image to play heavy metal. It's, uh, I, I think it's something that's in the heart. You know, it's part of your spirit. It's part of your yeah, soul. It's, yeah. it's who you are. And, and I, I know I, you can see what I look like. It's clearly how I, feel, how I live my life around it. But it is kind of, it, it still is that, that if you have a band, the, the packaging is quite important. Like, you know, you have to have a style. Mm. It, 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 you can kind of be the alternative that you look like just like normal, but people are expecting the band to be cool and have kind of like whatever the cool is. So, so in a way, I, I kind of, it, it's a bit like you can sell like, you know, sell like washing powder in a in a white box without yeah. labels and it's cheaper but still people go for the names and designs so so it's a bit i think bands should think about how they look like and what they it, it's just like I, I just my point is more like that there's other looks than the same metal look mm -hmm. that has been done to death and 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 so yeah so yeah because yeah I don't know like yeah, I said that for, like for, like for sarcophagus the, the look was very important in the eighties hmm. it helped a lot to kind of like get things done and and well, because I think... we had quite quite kind of like you know we were paid well in in Finland when we were kicking because we had the soul we had like you know smoke and 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 pyros and and flame throwing guitars and and <laughs> and people came to see us because of that yeah so we, we played to kind of like full houses everywhere except for the east finland but like in west wherever we went it was packed mm -hmm. and it wasn't that they they had been buying our albums or listening to our music they came to see us mm. because we were kind of like there was a joke about that we are the band that eat rats I don't know where it came from, but but. What? what yeah, what's that mean, though? No, it's it's, it's just kind of like remember there was a story about Ozzy Osbourne with a bat. Yeah, yeah. But he, yeah. So so we had a rat, and I don't like. I, I remember when we were in some petrol station somewhere, and on the way somewhere, and and, and there was this this kind of like farmer-looking guy coming to us and. Asking that, so are you the guys who eat rats? <laughs> and, and that's kind of like, mm, yes, of course we are. <laughs> but so, so it is kind of like, like for the band, the image was important. It it, it did kind of widen, especially yeah. with the kicking. Yeah, it I, widened I kind of like audience. So otherwise, we would not necessarily have had when we kicked that kind of big success with that because like i said that that wherever we went we had full house so yeah so and we didn't kick for a long time we actually because i got fed up with it also because in finland the distances are very long so you would have been working the week 
yeah. to have Same money to do things yeah. with the band. And yes, and then you are sitting in the bus and there's nothing to do for eight hours to get somewhere. Yeah. And then you have the gig, then you have another eight hours to go to another gig. And then again back home. And and it's just kind of like I love the being on stage, mm-hmm. but I just hated the bus trips because it was nothing to do. And and it, it's just kind of like it was boring. And and it's kind of like 2010 when we had the gigs and uh, and I actually I I was because it was great fun to be on stage and I really loved it and and I thought that we could kind of now we have you know the set and everything we could kind of continue and and so I I did call all the big venues in 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 Finland and and of course because of the band I got all of them booked like mm-hmm. you know so that we had actually that we could have continued in kind of couple of months mm-hmm. but the problem was that 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 the the kind of the kick fees because like in Finland there's so many metal events back then we're talking 2010 that was the high height of the Finnish yeah. metal after that it's gone quite fast down and uh and that even if they know that we would kind of pull people in because kind of like a cult band that hasn't been on stage for for 30 years so yeah but they still couldn't kind of like you know pay decent I'm talking about decent salaries in a way that they, probably a lot of bands would have been happy with that money. But considering the two of us were from here, from England, mm-hmm. and the rest of the band, most of them are professional musicians, so they are anyway touring. So organizing all this, it has to kind of be paying enough. Yeah. You know, like, you know, that if I don't do films, And I go to Finland for a couple of months or three months to kind of like, you know, kick around. It has to make sense money-wise. Yeah. It, it, it's just kind of like when you are young, it doesn't matter. But when you are kind of like older, of course, it, it, it has to kind of make sense. So I had to cancel everything because I realized that. And also the other thing was that 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 what I was also quite reluctant about was that, that because Sarcophagus had the image in the early image that that is in the, kind of the videos and 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 people who might have seen us remember the soul type of thing. It wasn't yeah. in the modern day things. It wasn't like extraordinary fantastic, but it was a soul. We had stuff, and and it was interesting. So so in a way, I I also kind of thought that that it's better to leave the band as is then go to kicks if it doesn't make proper like financial sure. sense yeah that you can do because then we could have just we would have been kicking without anything because we couldn't have we would need to take the salary out we wouldn't have money for the pyros and all kind of things to and and I because that's how the band is seen so it's kind of better that we don't go and ruin it by being kind of like you know just like an, any other band Yeah, sure. Yeah, make and, it special. And you thing. cannot, like, you know, when you are kind of like, well, that was 10 years ago, so I was about 50. So you kind of feel more conscious about, like, should you put kind of like face paint on? And, and yeah. <laughs> you know, sure. that you don't, you have to have a new style. You cannot 
go back into the that type of look. You have to have something else that mm. you know. Otherwise, it just looks silly. We have a lot of American <laughs> examples of that. How silly they look when they try to look like they were twenty years ago. So, so oh yeah, yes. I can't stand so, that that retro look. Yeah, no, it's it's um... yeah, it did. But this is kind of also. I think that's a problem that more. It could be again that a lot of people would like to be like, like you were. That they they, and that's what I'm saying. That the, the expectations are very bizarre with the fans. So, so in a way, like you know, that was again the time that I decided that because we have had quite a lot of kind of requests for for festivals and and stuff like that. Okay. And yeah. And but it's again, if there isn't like other gigs, it doesn't make any sense. It it's mm-hmm. just, it's pointless and and we could do it, but it wouldn't. It's better sometimes. It's better to leave something be. And oh, in, yeah. in that Go way, on. I think that 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 sarcophagus kind of like it could have ended earlier. That it it kind of has run its course. It doesn't mean that that we wouldn't be kind of like like working together with the guys and 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 uh, so there isn't any kind of hard feelings. I think it's the opposite. That I think that was actually really good with the sarcophagus reunion is that that we have all got together and have had quite a great time together. And like like with the original singer, singer Hanu, when we were young, we were so different and we both were kind of like, you know, the leader, leaders of the band. And you can only have one leader. And, and I was, of course, the one who made songs and I got yeah. the record deals and everything. So, so I was quite like naturally the leader. So we went different ways. And we didn't went different ways in a kind of like the, let's stay friends. We were very kind of like, I think it took like, because I, I remember hearing something that Han had said something about what I've been doing and, and it wasn't very pleasant. Mm-hmm. But when we met again in 2008, it's just kind of like, it's all gone. It's like, you know, it, you realize that was just young men's stupidity kind of being, yeah. you know, and, and then when you're kind of older, it's just like great times. So that's been brilliant that it has kind of reunited us in a way that, that we have all seen that what we have become mm-hmm. doing all this kind of about 30 years or 25 years, 2008, 28 years. So mm-hmm. that's quite nice, you know. So it, it's it's in a way the whole sarcophagus thing. It's it, it when I was putting together the website because I was trying to put there the history for people. Yeah, you've done a good job with that, by the a way. A lot of photos. Sorry, you've done a good job with that, by the way. But it's it was there. quite heavy to do it because it was taking you back again hmm. and remembering the things, and and so it was quite bizarrely because I'm quite relieved that I don't have to think about sarcophagus anymore because it's always in the back of your mind because you think that like, like that was supposed to be the next album and mm. I did songs for it and uh, they actually have recorded songs for it. But but it's kind of like, it's a it's bittersweet, the right word for it, that it's kind of like, you know, there's all the nice memories because it was nice. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's kind of like, it's something that you want to kind of push away, forget, not forget, but you know, kind of like 
take it out of your headspace. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's no longer a burden. Yeah, I mean, yeah, these things. And are... I'm really happy with the with the new songs. I'm, I'm sorry because I I I will play you the minute that we are ready with it because we have ready songs. We have quite a lot of songs. No, I but, understand. You want to keep it under wraps, so but, yeah, I get but it, it's kind of like yeah, and it, it is the, the music is kind of what I've always wanted to do because it's still like if we started with the Egypt that I've always been interested in different cultures and different or, with, or kind of like you know the traditional music and stuff like that. So mm. so this is now kind of like blending things from like I said working with the Siberians say. We have done the Siberian uh, folk song, which which is kind of like an area that the language is related to Finnish language. So, okay. so that's kind of so in a way of doing traditional music, but not traditionally, to, like in a new take of it. So, mm-hmm. so there is still the heavy elements, and because that's part of me, but but there's also like yesterday I spent what well, spent actually two days trying to figure a new type of folk instrument and so I'll be playing guitars with bows and, and doing well, all kind intriguing. of yeah. weird stuff. Well, it's kind of like, there's not that many people that have heard it, but but the reaction has been very good. So I'm quite looking forward to it. And also because it will combine, it's also film. It's also, it's everything. So it's kind of like a audiovisual thing. And it's, it's also that, it, yeah. yes, and it's also a thing that can be taken to a tour, world tour. And, and it's kind of like, it will be done in a way that it, it's kind of COVID proof that that we don't have to have mega big venues to do it. So it's quite nicely thought thing. It, it actually, the whole thing started 2007 and uh, and then it was put on ice because it was originally a TV, TV series, TV program. But it was too weird. Everybody liked it, but nobody knew what it is. Okay. So TV people don't buy anything that they cannot put in a slot. No, they don't. So, so, so this is kind of like, it, it's a, but I'm saying that this is something that comes from way back. And, and in a way, one important part of it is, 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 that like we were talking about the Korpiklan and and how it was quite heavy and complicated and not very profitable and and all this stuff. But one good thing was that that I met Tuomas, the violin player yeah. in Korpiklan. And it turns out that we have very similar view of things, mm-hmm. what we want to do, despite being totally different type of music to people. So so he's on on this these songs and, and 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 so so it is quite yeah there's I've met quite a lot of people that are kind of like suddenly everything is kind of falling into places that yeah, you know you have a group of people that that are like-minded and it works so it's quite interesting but like yeah. I said that it's always stupid to talk about something that I cannot because you know, like, don't want to let the cat out of the bag too early. Oh, I know. Yeah, I've got to think seriously about leaving the comments in about writing Peter Sandoval's biography. So I know what you're saying. Um, yeah. Because I don't, I don't think it can hurt to sort of leave it out there. But uh, you never know. It's just you just don't want something to be blown up and then your opportunity to be to be 
to be blown, you know, mm. to, to blow an opportunity. Mm. But then I think, you know, I'm sharing it because I'm excited about it, not because I want to blow the opportunity either, you know. So, no, but I, I understand your perspective on these things. And do, do you have a uh, an anticipated time frame for when it will be completed and the public get access to it? Well, we can... I do hope that, that it will be in a month or two that we can start to kind of like get samples out and, and we have mm -hmm. one video and and uh, and because there's also this this we will be looking funding for this so that's why there's a part of me that, that don't want to kind of like all right yeah put it out too much too early because we want to see how that goes and, and so you're talking and, about patreon or gofundme or, or something. Well, there's a lot. No, there's a lot of. This is like good in Finland and and, and in in EU is that that there's a lot of, because this project is kind of like something that falls into the kind of art culture, so it's because it's not metal. It's, it's oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So so there is kind of probability of getting funding for it because it actually involves, you know the. Uh, the kind of like you know like the tribe in in in, in Siberia, Siberia and all yeah. so yeah so it's kind of like yeah so it, it is yes it's 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 very interesting yeah it's got it's got which <laughs> is which I love because it's it's kind of it's very challenging the the music that I've been doing I've never worked so long with one song that that they all are because I'm kind of like. I started it so that I didn't want to use heavy metal guitars at all. Mm -hmm. And now I'm actually working on a song that I was the first song that I did, which is the Siberian one. And I've kind of like, with the newer songs that I've done, I've realized that, that it's wrong for me not to use metal guitars or mm -hmm. things, because I was just thinking that I don't want to use things that I've done before, which is wrong because, of course, I have to use whatever is me and what's my way of expressing myself so so in a way i'm redoing some of the old songs now because i was going to different way which mm. is fine they work but but it's still i think they work better after what i've been doing now yeah so and, and i love the idea that i like guitar playing i'm playing it differently so so like i said that with the bow and 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 all kind of because like guitar, I played guitar so long time that it, it's also quite boring to play a normal solo. You know, yeah, it's like yeah, you've done yeah. it a million times, and 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 so so it's a, it's a bit kind of like looking for old things, but in a new way. Yeah. So, so yeah, it is kind of because yes, yeah, yeah that's that's kind of like I I think that. But what, like with the core values, which is a very different, but it's not really, if you know me, it's not that different. Yeah, It might sound different, but of course, there's a long time between the motor birds and, and core values. But, but you can still, I hope, see and hear that, that it's me. And some of the kind of like, you know, like some of the diehard fans, I, I know that they liked it because you see the comments and people tell you and so on so that that it wasn't lost in some of the diehard people that it is if you just open your eyes a little bit it is 
like everything moves on. So yeah, if there's yeah, been there's a link there, so it means something. There's yeah, it changes. So it's not like that. I have gone totally different way. So, <laughs> you haven't sold out. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this gets very complicated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, so just just with sarcophagus then, and um, and the the opportunity for people listening to support you is to go to your website uh, and purchase the t-shirt and the poster. Is that correct? Yeah, poster. Yeah, and then there's the core values album. It's the not on values. the main page, but there's a link to it, and 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 of course, core values is on all the digital platforms. So, okay, so that's yeah. that's a kind of for me that's an album that I think there it there could be quite few people who would like it if they would just listen to it. So yeah, so give it a chance. It's, it's yeah. A bit, yeah, it's a bit album that has kind of fallen, kind of between the cracks in the mm. time because I didn't have the time when it came out and all that. So, so, but I think it is a good album because it, it's, it's different again, mm. like, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it was something that I wanted to do. It was the, the kind of like, you know, going into that type of screaming guitars and mixture with eighties mm-hmm. kind of or seventies Hammonds and stuff. So, so yeah, no, yeah, it's all there. Yeah, nice looking website, as I said, mate. It's uh, it's it's easy to navigate. I just found so the the t-shirt and the poster are staring straight at me, and of course up the top you've got go to core values page two thousand and twenty. Yeah, um, and you've also yeah because got... the old site is unfortunately I cannot edit it anymore because the software that I use for it is long gone. Oh right, so, so sarcophagus dot com. Don't don't go there. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no, no. no. I built pages in front of the old site. Oh, okay. So basically, right. okay. so, so the entering page for sarcophagus.com is what you see in the post. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm interacting with it easily enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes, right. yeah. so so basically it is kind of, but what I'm saying that that the old site remains as it is because I would otherwise need to rebuild it and there's hell of a pages because there is the history, there's there's kind of like my guitar page about guitars that I had. So there's yeah, a lot of stuff. So, so I don't have the energy to kind of update. And I don't think that I need to because it will remain there hopefully not forever, but long time. Yeah, you've done you've done far more than I would do on a website, I've got to be honest with you, because I've, I'm just – I. I've got to be honest, at this point, I don't see a lot of point in a lot of websites. And, and the reason I don't is because social media is just so complete these days, like Facebook mm. with the opportunity to have, you know, buy now and, and all of the links and like PayPal, it's all set up for social media. Um, mm. So it's nice to see the effort that you've gone to with it. But um, is it that that's a question for you then? So with the T-shirt and the like, have you got to go to the website to purchase that or can you do it over Facebook? Have you got a link there on Facebook that... No, I, I no no. There, there's there's just a link to the sarcophagus.com because yeah. uh, for for me, yes, like 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 the the <laughs> marketing and everything has been my life. But but with the band, I don't have had the I haven't had the energy. But <laughs> I, I see that the website yeah. is it actually has quite a lot of hits per month. So I I. I would argue that it's more important than the Facebook sarcophagus page. That's but where your fans not... get you. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I think that that, that 
yeah, that because it is quite big numbers every month that that people go there. So so, and I think that it's nice because it's a bit like it's the history. It's the kind of the it's like the book of the band. So mm-hmm. where the where the social media is is changing constantly, and you have to kind of be putting new pictures and doing this and that and. And it's more kind of scattered and random, mm-hmm. whereas the website is like an information center that you go and there's what you want to know is yeah. that the photos, yeah, yeah. everything they are all in. So, so I think it's a bit. Yeah, I don't see Facebook like it, it's important, but I don't see it as exceedingly important. I think it's losing the the value of it. Mm. Don't know. Yeah, I think you might be on that. that I don't have the energy. I, I, I did it with the Corby Clan, the Instagram, and but I, it just there wasn't the like I said. That it, for you. I, I do it if I need to do it for work, but I don't the social media. Otherwise, I'm not really like my Facebook. I I don't tell about if I have like you know saw toe or something that. <laughs> I don't say anything really, except that if it's about the band or I post some photos of because we live in a very beautiful part of the country. So I mm. post like nature pictures without any comments. So, but I don't live through the. I do follow Facebook and there's a lot of friends and people that you don't see that you can kind of like see what's happening. But mm. but I'm not really a social media person. Considering that it's part of my profession, so no, we share that. Don't worry, I've, I, I'm picking up. It's, uh, it's something that I, I I've done. I've recently graduated from uni. It was only in um, my conferral date was 21st of October, I think it was uh, last yeah. year. And um, two of the subjects I did were heavily uh, involved in. They were social media subjects. Three of them were actually, and uh, it was probably through that process I realised that we were. We were the, the key is the algorithms that are in social media. Mm. Unless you're, so this is an absolute fact. Okay, this is absolutely true. If you're not paying to boost posts and and giving Facebook revenue, they will mm. throttle you. Meaning that yeah. you're, you're if you've got five hundred, I've got about five or six hundred people who like my Facebook page, my scars and guitars one, mm. and I can see it's if I put up a post, it's only reaching like eighty people, or what yeah. have you, like. It's not, yeah. and I get three or four. Like I just don't put any energy or effort into it. So I, I, I feel you. Don't worry. I'm on the same yeah. boat myself. But um, which is one of the key reasons I was, I wanted to go into ghostwriting because I, I just I'm terrible self promoter. I couldn't be bothered. Just couldn't be yeah. bothered doing. I prefer to work. And you sound like it's a bit free. kind of like promoting yourself is very, very kind of complicated because it's not natural. Like no. like when, when we were talking us. about that that you do everything yourself. That's different if you kind of like make the music yourself. But then if you also promote it, it it's, I've been doing that, but it's quite heavy and it's mm. not pleasant. So it's not, that's the part that I least want to do. But then again, if I promote somebody else, that's fine. Yeah. But but it is, yeah, it, it, it is something that, that should be done by somebody else. I think that's mm. that's the thing. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm hearing you. Yeah, but I think that that there was with the the Corpiclani, there was a discussion about it because I think they had like half million Facebook followers. That yeah, what was few. the ultimate? I think the 
the best was was it hundred thousand. So the so so there is the kind of like I I think talking with somebody else about it, but there's a it's quite small percentage that if you have like you no know, half million million, that how many actually see your post. Because, like you said, that that the Facebook is limiting it, and and then kind of like because I've occasionally like I think that with the post I I paid them like sixteen quid to get was it like three or four thousand people reads, okay. and uh, and you kind of think that who does it really read? Is it really kind of like you know that 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 sophisticated that they could actually find people that it, because I don't think that it ever has, whenever I've been putting some money into it, yeah. I've never seen any kind of point in it. it. It doesn't do anything. So in a way, like, like that's why I say that the Facebook, that you can have big numbers, but it really doesn't do anything. Like, like a, I always thought that Twitter is most likely the best of them because if you do it right, you can reach hell of a lot of people and you can find people who like what you are selling. And Twitter, then you can kind right? of like... Yeah, Twitter, I yeah, find you, Twitter to be the absolute pits, just of... Well, and, and Twitter you, kind of changed but because I started to use it with the promised land of heavy metal. And uh, I, I still have, I think, 35,000 Twitter followers. and But what I'm doing is that because... In the, in the olden days, like I'm talking about ten years ago, mm-hmm. uh, you could you could mass follow people that you could have like you know kind of like a criteria that yeah. like metal, heavy metal, yeah, and you and it would find people, the yeah. people and then you automatically follow like hundred people a day that follow back you then maybe, so you could that was the time when when you could actually like really use it as a direct marketing tool. But then they started to kind of like take away this because they couldn't make money out of it. And uh, but there is still like like for example, I, I my Twitter is tweeting all the time, but I haven't been on Twitter like I don't know months because I have like a database that sends out tweets every few hours. Yeah. So there's like hundred and eighty tweets and, and and then there's different type of things. So it's probably tweeting about the Corpiclani still. I should take it off, but 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 you know like so in a way it looks like I'm there but I'm not really and and it is kind of, I think that Twitter in that way is I know people are talking about Instagram that, that that's really good. And uh, but Twitter was brilliant because and you can still do it automated. Mm-hmm. So you just create list of tweets to interest people, and then you put the kind of whatever you are selling in between, and that's how you keep people still wanting to see your tweets because it keeps them interested. I just because find I, I just find that I've sort of hinted at it, but the uh, it's so left leaning Twitter, um, and and it's it's. Mm-hmm. So politically, well, I, I, I don't know anything about the politics. So I, I, uh, oh, the, I, I think that the, the mechanism. Yeah. Mm. Well, the, the problem with the mechanism, though, too, is if you if you're talking about things they don't want you to talk about, they'll throttle you again, mm. and so you won't reach the intended audience. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm on your, your Twitter. 
page now, and you've you certainly got nineteen thousand followers. They're all legit too, are they? They're real people, are yeah. they? Not not bots or anything. They're you yeah. didn't have to pay to get that audience. That's just people who naturally gravitated toward you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I I just I got to say I gave up with it. Um, and mm. uh, well, I, I've know. I've kind of given up with it because, like I said, I haven't been there. For, <laughs> I've been there for months, and it's just been kind of tweeting whatever I needed to do. I, I can see, I can see the time. tweets going out. <laughs> I can see them going out. There was one two hours ago about some film court, <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, there, yeah, there's yeah, there's a promised land of heavy metal because there's there, there's a lot of quotes from the from the Finnish musicians. So yeah, Vili Valu or Vili Valu, yeah. I think his name is. Yeah, from him. Yeah, heavy metal genre yeah. has so many subgenres, but it's all about the heaviness and the mood of the music. He's right. Mm. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he's he's a very nice guy. Well, I've I've spoken to Tony from Sonata Arctica. You've you've quoted him. Yeah, he's an, he's also a very nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, Thomas from Corpaclani is the bloke that I interviewed. We had a chat about him last time. Yes. So I've yeah. spoken to quite a few Finnish musicians now. Uh, yeah. Uh, Oli Lane from uh, Amorphous is another one. All right. Okay. Ollie. Yeah. He's, I, he's a nice I've guy. I've met yeah. I've met him, but uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, they are, yeah, right I, yeah. I, what I kind of like my experience of Amorphis is that they are they are very nice, kind of like normal people. So, yeah, yeah, I, I noticed that. I do, find I don't know if that's a compliment that actually, like, <laughs> they are very nice, creative people. <laughs> they are indeed. Normal yeah. is a word that we should never use. Yes, I know. I don't want to be normal. <laughs> Well, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying, but I know what you're saying. They're, they're, they're courteous and respectful. I think is is your point, and uh, I feel that yeah. way too. It's uh, there's only there's very few. Um, the only person in heavy metal that I've spoken to that I thought was a bit of a dickhead was Rex Brown from Pantera, and I've got to tell you, it broke my heart because as a bass yeah. player, he was one of my bass icons when I was a kid, listening to those records. And wondering because yeah. he's very similar to the bassist who I could name any other day, except I can't name him now, uh, from Jimi Hendrix, and that he didn't so much play rhythm, he just sort of steered the music, you know. And Rex, Rex yeah. has got a, I've got to say, Rex has got a not a great reputation out there amongst journalists because he, uh, yeah, 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 he, uh, he, he. He can yell. He, he gets very angry. You can feel it yeah, when yeah. you talk to him. Yeah. He's. Uh, and uh, I, I'm writing about that in my book. I wrote about the exchanges that I had with him and I'll share, I'll share what happened. He's, um, I prepared a bit of a monologue just praising him for his bass playing in Pantera mm. and how it revolutionised heavy metal bass playing because a lot of those guys, I play with my fingers, you see, but a lot of those guys who play with a pick, they just sort of follow mm. the guitar. They don't actually, they're not melodic. They're not playing their own lines. You know, they're not creative. Yeah. And I was going to, I was going to, I had an opening statement praising him for that and I got about maybe five seconds into what would have been 30 seconds and he says and he's you know that accent that he's got you know I won't put it on because I'll fail dismally at it but it was something like if if this is going to be another heavy metal interview I don't want to fucking do it and I was like (laughs) well you're just you're just in one of the most important heavy metal bands of all time but you know what have you and uh and then he and then he said but he probably has done it so many times. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like you know. I yeah. think so, but then, but then I spoke to Phil Anselmo, and he's a champion. He's just a, a gracious, yeah. 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 you know, and and he's had his fair share of you know um, 
he's been pillared in the media over what happened at Dimebash, you know, those few years ago. Um, yeah. And but honestly, I can honestly tell you, in the in, in almost now, it's in terms of the podcast. I'm up to uh, I can tell you how many interviews that are posted on the podcast. There's something like 530. But I've done about oh, 600 wow. interviews overall because I, I did about 70 yeah. interviews or so before I started the podcast. And that's the yeah. only time it's ever happened. So with all of these these great, big, heavy metal artists, like, you know, these, and, and but, you know, these relevant heavy metal artists that are touring the world and stuff, like Inamorphous and Corpor Kleine, hmm. they've all been great. There's just that one interaction yeah. that I had, and I was far from alone, by the way. Um, hmm. The guys in the, the classic metal show were... Uh, had a bad interaction with him as well. I think they were saying so. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. just that one, like one out of almost six hundred. I find is an incredible yeah. statistic. You know, in our little in our little corner of the world with what we do here with heavy rock and heavy metal mm. and stuff. It's uh, we all tend to be very uh, polite and we care about each other's um, what, what 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 each other are doing. That's certainly always yeah. been my yeah. experience. You know, the business uh, you've I dealt think- with the business though. I haven't dealt with that yet. I think that there's the kind of like, you know, the, because this is like when I did the promised land of heavy metal, that mm. because then I met a hell of a lot of people. And, and I think what has changed from the kind of like, you know, the old days is that, that, that the whole thing is more business-like. So most of the people who are doing it professionally, they know that they have to do it right. And and it's so they are more. There isn't that type of madness that eighties had. So so mm. you probably still get if you have like you know some of the old school people that that they might be like you said about the Pantera guy that 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 they just say what they think and they don't have that type of. Whereas the, like like if you think about like Amorphis, I remember I interviewed them for the Promised Land. No, mm-hmm. after that because that was for the yes. And it was about the how how the whole thing, how the responsibility of it, and they were talking about it, how many people rely on them, and they feel that that they have the responsibility of keeping them going, mm-hmm. and and the way they were talking, it, it was it, it it was very nice, and it was also like you know that 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 it was if you would talk to a normal business. You might the boss might not be talking nicely about that. Yeah, yeah. It would be thinking about the profits and things. So even if you take it as a business, it was it seemed to be very nice and friendly and well-run business. And I think that that's the kind of key of it that that it all has changed. So that that you don't really. I I don't think that I met anybody film for filming the Promised Land of Heavy Metal that would have been a dickhead. I think everybody was just. Nice and and yeah. like uh, there was a guy from Cargas, Walker, Jeff Walker, Walker, yeah, and he was absolutely lovely guy and really funny person. And I interviewed also the guy from the Dimo Borgir, uh, Salinos or Copper Copper Road, Cop. I think his name was Copper Road or something. Oh, uh, I and, think I think it might be. Is he the guitarist or the singer? I'm. <laughs> I'm not sure. So I'm not the fan. So, is he Sorry? bald or has he bald or got long hair? No, long hair. Yeah. Uh, he'd be the singer. That'd be uh, Shagrath. I think he's. I don't know what his, but, his real name but, is. But yeah. because, like I said, I'm not expert on Timbuktu. So when that was sorted, the interview we met in Tuska Festival in Helsinki, and uh, and uh, when he came, 
and I kind of knew the look of Timo Borg. And I thought, this guy cannot be in that band because he was so <laughs> nice and friendly and, you know, kind of like completely the opposite that I was expecting. Yeah. So I, the part of the interview, I was thinking, is this the right guy now? <laughs> you know, that type of kind of that. Has there been some kind of mix up with this? <laughs> then you start to talk about Britney Spears and and I like Britney Spears. I think that that she's a very strange figure in the yeah. There's a lot of lot of interesting and things. And it's quite things. sad story and and you know like kind of that type of. But but it was so funny that he started to talk about Britney Spears and 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 I was kind of like this is very bizarre. But yes, yeah, so that was a kind of like good example of it. That, that is, yeah. Has, yeah, I, I've had my daughter. Maybe the music has lost the kind of like you know the madness of dressing the whole two rooms and being. I just think went down to earth. I just think like like you yeah. you you're you're a businessman, right? Meaning that you you understand that if you're nice to people, the more chances of people yeah. being invited into what yeah. you do. I'll never forget. It does sometimes. It does sometimes work that 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 if you are artist, that if yeah. you are kind of like in people's face and aggressive that somehow people think that that's right that that's how it should be but i don't think that with the musicians it works i think it works with painters and 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 like i have a good friend of mine who is a painter and he's he's he's, he's funny because he's that i can't type of guy and and everybody likes him because yeah. i think that it's exactly how they want the painter to be he shouldn't be like like a banker, he has to be a bit, and it was like even with the TV commercial business that I did, that you had to look different from the people that you were meeting, the business people, because yeah. they expected you to look creative. So, yeah, so it, it's kind of like, like I, I think there is certain expectations, but, but I think that with the music, it is because for everybody, it's a business, and you know that if you don't, behave yourself you don't have the kick next time in a place and it, it it's that was the 80s or 70s yes. or whatever that 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 the bad behavior and madness was part of it being a rock star yeah it's that, yeah. that hasn't been done in like 40 45 years or something you know like yeah. it's just that is, is i quite, think yeah, it's look. I've I've met so many. Um, look, I in what I do too is I go to the gigs and I review. I review the gigs, but I'll meet mm. the band afterwards. And I've met. I've, I've met, literally. I was embarrassed to be honest with you because the uh, the show promoter, I think, was uh, yeah, or the tour manager, might have been just new at his job. But as soon as corrosion of conformity came off stage, they were yeah. literally wiping themselves down after coming off stage. And he put me into the dressing room with him, and I said, "I'm so sorry, guys." <laughs> I wanted to meet you, but I was the only one there, and and they were, they were fantastic guys, you know, all of these guys, yeah. and you know, we 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 had a genuine conversation. They wanted to know about uh, where they had some time off, and they wanted to go up to the Sunshine Coast, which is where the great beaches are, and and uh, hang out yeah. there for a little bit. And but that and the guys in Metal Church, I think I mentioned Kurt from Metal Church last time. You know, you meet mm. these guys, and I haven't met a dickhead yet. I hope it, you know, I really, I hope it doesn't happen, you know. But if it happens, it happens. <laughs> but I, yeah, yeah. there's no. I just think with metal, there's definitely a, a community and a brotherhood with it. And yeah. uh, I, I noticed that there's a fans aren't too nice to each other. Okay. So I do notice that on those stupid Facebook 
you know, those metal voice or whatever they might, you know, insert particular metal page here. And someone says that they do like Metallica and someone says that they don't. And they, ah, they go at each other. And guys, it's the equivalent to a dog licking its own balls. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. They, they, yeah. Because I, I, I part of some of the kind of like metal Facebook discussion groups. I don't know why. Maybe somebody who was my friend has invited me there and, Oh I yeah. Thought that it's a good idea to join and and it they are the most boring things. It's it's just kind of like yeah, it is the discussion side. Then they have these arguments that then they have to kind of like post videos where somebody is explaining themselves and and, and it's just kind of like what? <laughs> it's a, it's just so silly. But then I think all these kind of hobby things because of I'm I'm kind of into watches, so so I'm, I'm part of some of the watch collectors, mm. Facebook groups, and and they are also they are exceedingly silly because it's exactly that, that some watches that's okay, but that's not, and you know it's and then it's all argument about that, and 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 people asking that should I buy this watch or that watch, and it's kind of buy whatever you want. It's like not, yeah, and I don't know why I'm part of it, but. Hey, <laughs> I don't. I, I think. I think I did my first comment on Facebook on a random page in in months. Um, today's mm. Phil Linnett from Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy's the anniversary of his death, and yeah. uh, I think he's the greatest rock and roll frontman of all time. You see, so all of us mm. have that was a great band. Yeah. Oh, extraordinary! And and I've got to tell you, I've spoken to Scott Gorham. You know, the other guitarist in the band, um, alongside of Gary Moore and. Uh, uh, yeah. fantastic awesome awesome guy just some people you meet you meet and they're just so easy to talk to uh you know in these big bands i'm talking about if anybody had a reason to be sort of bitter and be a dickhead it'd be him but he doesn't he's completely look ground yeah. down down to earth and stuff and i think i said something mm-hmm. like you know r.i.p feel you know best ever uh something like that and i've got a couple of likes on it and I thought, oh, that's interesting people aren't you know, attacking mm. me for, <laughs> uh, you know, wishing uh, Phil a good rest in peace uh, on a rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's all there is to it. But I, I tend to take your attitude, mate, which is that um, uh, I, I do, I got to say, like, because, you know, I've only got, I've got bugger all Twitter, for, uh, Facebook and Instagram followers, a couple of hundred on each. But um, mm. when I do get comments, they're almost, I don't think I've had a negative comment ever, to be honest. Like I've, uh, mm. outside of the band stuff that I mentioned to you earlier, in terms of people yeah. who, and, and you get this too, it's wonderful to get um, comments, emails uh, from people in, I've got a, a fellow who listens to the podcast, uh, Steve is his name, mm. he lives in Ireland, and mate, the, the comments that he sends to me, they're positively life-affirming, they, they really are, I mean, I, I don't know, Steve, yeah. and, and he's a fellow who listens to the podcast, and they reach out to you, and there's a lot yeah. that, a lot of people that do it, you know, I was mentioning that I got some comments from Latin America before to you, and... Yeah. Uh, and I think, wow, it's just, it's great to, to, and you know, you know this because you've been in a band that has a following, you know, but for me, it's, um, this is new, you know, being able to share these stories with people and then they said they find enough value in it to contact me personally. And I, I do think that's, what's great about the community and social media too, I've got to, I suppose. Mm. Podcasting is a part but, of that too, that new media thing. But that was the kind of like, remember we were talking last time that, that, that with the crowdfunding of the Gordon Party, mm that the crowdfunders were absolutely crucial support. Not to, like the money was okay. Well, it wasn't really okay, but it was important. I'm sure, not yeah. missing that, but it was their 
moral support that they were behind it and and when it felt like you know that what the hell am i doing this then you get this very well thought email from this was a german called marian i think her name and she was really kind of like intelligently going through things and actually kind of like helping me in processing what i'm doing mm. so so that's kind of like like yes you do get that type of when you actually have people who have something to say and who are constructive and and then it's brilliant but of course the problem is that a lot of, a lot of the people are in, in in the social media are not they are just looking for a fight and venting their frustrations and whatever so so that's the kind of like but it is sometimes interesting to kind of follow some of the discussions about things and 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 because some of it is quite bizarre but like you know that and and it, i think it, for me it's the kind of like straight contact which might come through like like the crowdfunding or somebody emailing or whatever band stuff but but i think that the you know, like facebook and all these are also killing the sensible people's reactions because if you are a sensible person and you want to say something nice and then there's then other people coming with negative stuff and then the people who are sensitive they stay away from it Correct. so it yeah. becomes kind of like a like a place for the angry people and and that's yeah. kind of like like the coronavirus is a good example i i haven't i don't really usually kick people out of my facebook friends but i i just had to do some people that i've known quite a long time and, and mm. I've, i've actually met them because their posting was just so winding me up that and i actually start to comment which is i usually never do and and then i realized this is not that why yeah. why would i because part of you kind of cares about the person thinking that that when you know the person that that you try to kind of maybe somehow point something else out to them but it's totally pointless and it's like my mother said when i was a kid it said that that Kimo, it's totally pointless to argue with idiots and yeah. that is true so mm-hmm. it, it it actually completely pointless to comment any negative people because they just remain negative nothing changes them they just feed from your input yeah oh yeah so, that's horrible yeah and it's um yeah. i tell you where where i find it look music is one thing but where it's far worse is on sports pages so i follow yeah, yeah, i follow yeah. a few teams and and then you get yeah. opposition supporters uh yeah. on there yeah, like yeah. so so we in, in australian rugby doesn't go that well anymore we used to be quite a quite a good rugby playing nation though but if you go to the wallabies website that's the national team there's all these bloody new yeah. zealanders commenting and heaping shit on yeah. the wallabies and the wallabies fans and it's like yeah. Ugh, you yeah. know like <laughs> i mean for starters yeah. fuck off but it, what the hell it's why the old, old village fight Yeah, thing, like yeah. you know, you know, there are villages, and then they have a fight somewhere. And they say, <laughs> um, and they say, like when they're talking about the All Blacks, they say we did well, like they're on the field, you know, like they're part of the yeah. team, you know, like yeah. we beat you, like <laughs> oh really, oh really, we, yeah. which, how many, we, you know, how was the training for the game that you obviously played in then, you know? So um, I just I've turned off a lot of. Um, Yeah. a lot of sport following a lot of sports pages because of that because it, yeah. yeah, it does and, and the coronavirus thing too the covid thing too it was um mm. it just gets to a point where we where it's like <laughs> i don't need you to post anything or 
make a comment yeah. on anything. It's not enlightening. If you, if it's an opinion, there's yeah. no enlightenment. Like if you can, the only thing that I would listen to somebody is if they could tell us when rapid testing was going to get rolled out so that the economy mm. could start spooling up again. Because I know, I know yeah. in the US it's going to be, it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not over there. We're not over there, of course. But, um, mm. you know, places like California, you know that a lot of people are going to lose their businesses, restaurateurs and retail mm. outlets yeah. and mum and dad places and stuff. And that's a, that's a concern mm. for anybody. I don't. You want to limit yeah. human suffering, not extend it, you know. And so that'd be the only time I'd probably tune into something. But overall, I think I've, yeah. I think I've just switched everything off on that regard. I well, I, 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 I kind of like, like when this whole thing started, I stopped uh, reading the news or listening to news, and yeah. now I've been limiting still. I, I, I check it once a day, but it's just because there isn't, it, it's pointless. Like you know, it, it's just like you know. Nothing changes. If, if you have a week without watching the news, you realize that it doesn't really affect your life if you don't follow the news. So, mm. so it just gives you more anxiety and whatever if, if you're going to follow all the kind of somebody saying something and then it's put out as this is the expert and we don't know if it's an expert or if it's just a person <laughs> commenting and... You know, I think it, the it, sign it that is. they're not an expert is that they're commenting. <laughs> That's generally the sign. That's usually how yeah. I take it. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I do now though. I, I leave. This is my bedroom's on the other side of this. Um, I leave. I'm, I'm taking to leave the phone here, and I read yeah. that. I, I subscribe to the New Yorker because I, I get a lot of value. Some of the stories are the content isn't great, but the way that these yeah. writers write is beautiful. And I get a lot of yeah, yeah. from it. So yeah. I read I read magazines and um, the Kindle uh, book before I go to bed. I don't look at the phone now, uh, and I find that's helped. And I tend I tell you what I tend to find that when you put the phone down, you know, so really you're looking at the phone for social media and maybe emails. In my case, because I get a lot yeah. of emails. So. I play games also. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, I, I, I signed yeah. up for the for the Rex. Apple game yeah. thing. Yeah. I've never been a gamer. I've got to confess, I just can't get into it. It doesn't. Uh... I yeah, I, I I actually built in seventies. I built. You remember the ping pong? Yeah. The two paddles going and a ball. Yeah. I actually built a machine like that to play, and so I have had, I, I have had most of the consoles, up until the Xbox. Which Xbox? But yeah, but anyway, it, it, when it, when it became that you could have a headset and you could talk to the other gamers, that's when I realized that it's ruining my life because I might be up all night playing some oh stupid game, and yeah. and didn't have a parent to come and switch it off, you know. So so yeah, I I do like games, but I I don't have any consoles anymore because I've been actually thinking about buying a PlayStation, but I haven't because. I still prefer to do what I do with the music. It, it takes so much time that, that 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 if I would have something else to distract me, I I think I'm adult enough to realize that I should focus on the things that I really want to do and not just kill time. So I don't know. Yeah, it's incredible, <laughs> isn't it? I know. I see. I don't have a lot of distractions. I mean, when I say distraction, my main thing because I've got two young daughters is raising them. Yeah. So well over half of my day is spent. Well, that's like having a game console isn't it <laughs> <laughs> but i noticed with them i noticed with them that uh it's these psychopaths in silicon valley that invent you know these algorithms on these games and stuff like that because the kids get addicted mm. instantly they're just yeah, they yeah. just okay, yeah. they're at it. 
there's no so we're adults we've got self-awareness they don't have any so they just sit there no. going like this and uh and it's it's like and then we have to deal with the tantrums afterwards when mm-hmm. we take it away because they're different after that it's yeah. like um it's like a drug man it's the only way i can describe it it's like, yeah it uh, is yeah yeah i know because i i get addicted to games and that's why i realized that i have to stop it because it, it's it's just getting too much time so mm. yeah. yeah there was when we were talking about the the kind of like people there was a really good uh somebody had posted on on facebook saying that in 2019 we avoided negative people in 2020 we avoided positive people in 2021 we avoid all people <laughs> so i thought that was quite relate to that I, I can I can definitely relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I look, I, that's I, what I thought. That it came to my mind that you might like this. <laughs> well, that's it. My name's Andrew Mackay Smith, and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series. Now broadcasting on YouTube as well. I do have a channel. Check it out, Scars and Guitars. If you are listening via the podcast app, whichever one it might be, that interview subject was Finnish metal icon Kimo Kusnimi. Thanks for tuning in.